Countout provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Countout Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show where we do opening intros only once and never twice. I'm your host, Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, it's I never expected this to happen this week, just because, like, I looked at the lineups for everything, and yeah, Collision was exciting and things like that, but this has ended up being one of my favorite weeks in wrestling this year and i did not expect that at all i don't even know if i could say it was because of dynamite which is usually like a key cog in the machine yeah um to the week being great i don't i I don't know what they've i was like i thought dynamite was fine Mm -hmm. that tells you how much uh greatness was everywhere else and that's a nice feeling once in a while um Obviously, it was pretty crazy week, but also I thought it was a really good week of wrestling. So I'm here to talk about it. I guess, huh? That 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 does that sell everyone? The I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. It it was a. It, what also helped about it, like being such a great week, is that it felt like the wrestling was you know stretched out, like being having strong mm. on Tuesday and Wednesday and. You know, of course, you have Dynamite on Wednesday, but then it's like you know, and then Saturday is filled with indie goodness. Uh, you know, some Tokyo Joshi Pro had their Summer Sun Princess show. Uh, we're not going to talk about that here today, but I know that main event you were loving that main event. Um, which I, all I 
clubs. I was going to ask. The rest of the show is bad. I was going to ask. <laughs> give me that wreck. Is the main event only the only good thing to watch there? Yep. All right. The rest Day. of the show was bad. <laughs> uh, I think Dragon Gate started their tournament. Their king uh, of king of. I was going to say king of trios. That's Chikara. Uh, king of gate. King of gate. Um, Everything that Dragon Gate has just has gate in it. Just, yeah, just that's assume true. that it's gate. <laughs> a fair point. A fair point indeed. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's been a, it's been a, the tournament season, the summer of wrestling feels like it's finally starting to kick in. This week was the start point. Cause then, crazy, right? Cause tournament season hasn't even started. Well, you're, <laughs> well I guess King of Gate. Yeah, but like, no, but like everyone, no offense to Dragon Gate, but everyone does look to the G1 as like the official start. Yeah. I think. And well, that's not till next weekend. So yeah. until until then, I don't, I won't say it's officially started. And technically, no I think we've had three other tournaments: the King of Gate tournament, the Owen Hart tournament, and this Blind Eliminator Tag Team tournament. Yeah, that one doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I saw I I saw the Butcher and Matt Menard on my screen. That doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> well, you don't want you don't want Magic Meat. You don't want the Magic Meat tag team. No one ever. No one has ever said they want Magic Meat ever. <laughs> well. Ever. I think a select group of people have said that they want magic meat. Yeah, you right now. You were a big Matt Menard <laughs> and Butcher fan. That's right. That that sounds like an MLW tag team if I've ever seen one. Um <laughs> Well, we're not gonna talk about MLW today, but you know, that also that had a main event that was pretty good. You'll do our you'll do your best to do so. I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze in as much as possible. Um but yeah, no, we got a a, a jam packed show for everybody today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, previewing a lot of stuff. You know, next week is Triple Mania to Tijuana, which has the Ugh, Omega. Such a bad show. Omega. Well, we got the main <laughs> event being Omega and Vikingo. Uh, and then Roosh. And then, and then Roosh. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, in a tag team match. We have a Impact Slammiversary is also next week. Um, we are going to be talking about some news regarding um, NWA and potentially a TV deal that they have acquired talking about, uh, you know, the, the, what's happening with blood and guts talking about AEW collision and giving sort of an overview scope about whether or not we feel that it's month working one. or not month. Well, yeah, month one scope of how it's working out so far. And we're going to start our show. Oh, also we're going to review new Japan strong. I should say that the two shows from new Japan strong, but we're going to start off our show today talking about Jerry McDivitt. Jeremy Divot, the longtime counsel for WWE, WWF, uh, announced uh, a couple days ago via WrestleNomics, really, that he is retiring. He is setting up his retirement. Um, this happens during the middle of this MLW WWE um, uh, lawsuit that is taking place. Um, Jeremy Divot will no longer, and not only retiring, but is no longer representing WWE in this antitrust lawsuit case filed by MLW. That case is being moved on to the group called Paul Weiss, Rifkind, Wharton, and Garrison LLP. Um, so they are, ooh, what's that? Oh, here we go. My man is here. Okay, hold on. Let me move everything. Let me move all my stuff around. Boop. Oh, no, that's the wrong uh, thing. He got quick. He came here quicker than I thought. He came was, in quicker. Than... I, was, I was trying to tell him he could have waited till nine central. He came oh. in quicker than a hiccup. Uh, no, perfect. No, you're here. I love it. Uh, I ran. I, I literally just woke up. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so, 
Well, oh, thank you. What an entrance. We are joined today. Uh, of course, uh, <laughs> what an entrance. Missing the beginning of the show, but that's totally fine. We don't, we forgive. It's my that. fault, to be fair. I don't Scott. think I ever said Eastern. I think I just said 9 or 10 a.m. And I'm such a geographical narcissist that if not corrected <laughs> i just assume central time and it's I okay i do the why. same with eastern so it's fine That's uh fair. but jd hey, of yes. the of the mike and jd show is here yes uh welcome thank you i'm i've never recorded a podcast in the daytime before so this is this is new for me mike and i <laughs> mike lives in honolulu and i live in chicago i live in um rural area near chicago so uh we record it like odd hours usually well yeah i've been on your show before it's like 1 a.m i jump in and i'm like yeah all right that's crazy <laughs> it is it is it's very different so i'm like wow this like this can be done during during the sunlight hours this is this is different <laughs> so thanks for having me on guys i appreciate it sorry i'm i'm late there's a my bad no you were it's, fine you were completely it, I, fine i said i said it i said it to ryan beforehand i was like i definitely didn't say eastern <laughs> and <laughs> i was like or even if i did i probably should have been like send that reminder because that's something i need otherwise like when when you jd knows this but like when you set something up with garrett he's doing pacific time oh, and yeah. i just <laughs> i'm like five o'clock okay i'm ready and then like it's three hours away and i'm like oh shit okay that's my bad it's like when Mike and I will set like have a guest, we'll have like multiple different time zones. Yeah, because oh. he's all the way yeah. out in Honolulu, and I'm here, and we never ever have a guest that lives in either of our time zones. So it's always, <laughs> it's always messed up. But uh, I'm here now, so yay! Uh, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Thanks for having me on. We're happy to have you on here, JD. Of course, for the Mike and JD show. Um, yeah, I just, talking about the time zones. I just recorded a show with uh, Okada Shorts. It was me on Eastern Standard Time Zone. Someone else in London. Someone else in Australia. Oh, uh, and that was, <laughs> I recorded at 9 a.m. Uh, here, and then the Australian guy recorded at 9 p.m. where he is. And it was, oh, uh, wow. it was a blast. It sounds half. more difficult. It was, yeah. it was a, a producing nightmare, but we got it done. Uh, we're happy to have you on, JD. Uh, thank you. Thanks for being here. Uh, we want to talk to you. Of course, you are from the Make Mike and JD show, but you're also a writer. You're also, mm-hmm. uh, as I've been told, an author, an author, to be exact, writing. You're working on a wrestling book. Is that correct? Yeah, it's. Um, I've written a handful of novels, so mm. I'm, I'm working on my first uh, nonfiction piece. It's very different. Like I've written um, a lot. You know, uh, not quite as prolific as Scott. I used to be fairly prolific in wrestling during the pandemic. I had lots of time. Uh, now <laughs> that life is back to normal, not quite yeah. as much. So I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. Um, a book about the uh, the Chicago territory of the 1950s, specifically, um, not not just like the Fred Kohler stuff, but kind of like kind of like an overview of of the city of Chicago and why wrestling kind of worked there. So um, it's taking a longer time than I would like to do the research. Sure. And uh, a major problem that I've run into is a lot of the people are dead. So. <laughs> that, that makes things a little. I don't bit mean more to laugh at death, but no, but <laughs> right, it's like, hey man, I'm, I'm the guy who said, hey, I'm gonna write about something that happened 75, 80 years ago. That's that sounds great. So, um, but it's, uh, yeah, man, I, I, it's a fascinating subject. I think uh, there's a lot of parallels between what Calder did in the 1950s and what Vince McMahon did in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. He just had, he didn't have the same type of vision that Vince McMahon did. He tried to kind of keep things. He tried to pretend like things were gonna be fine with the NWA. 
Whereas Vince McMahon was totally like obliterate the NWA because like the differences in culture in the 1950s and 1980s, I think played into it. Like in the 1950s unions were really strong in the 1980s was the, you know, the rise of, you know, eighties uh, guy, wall street era stuff. So it was a completely different cultural mentality at the time. So this is, it's, um it's very, it, it, what I consider like a real interesting look on, on what wrestling could have been or would have been. And it really kind of depressed me because like when people talk about the territory days, they're talking about the seventies and eighties. Sure. And like, there really wasn't anything here in Chicago at the time. Like Chicago wound up being this no man's land. It was split between Vern Gagne and Dick, the bruiser with their territories. So like there was no, Hey, I'm going to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. was another town between two territories. And it's kind of sad because the generation prior it was the heart of professional wrestling. And that's really the I'd say it is again now too. It really is. And it's fun. <laughs> the fun part about that is because it was that way. I mean, they're, you yeah. know, Kohler was running multiple shows a night and there, there are people that were coming in trying to steal the territory out from underneath them. And it's just, it's going to be a, it, when I get it finished, it's going to be a really <laughs> cool story that I'm uh, really excited to tell. But again, I want to, when you're doing, when I'm writing a fiction book, if I just want to make up something, I was like, yeah, and this happened here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. It's fine. But you can't do that in nonfiction. So I want to, I got to make sure, like, I know what I want to say, but I need to, I need to actually talk to some primary sources. I need to actually talk to somebody that was there that can, that can, that can give me the firsthand perspective and not just, um, the the not just the accounts that you find from old newspapers or, or other books that have been written. So, um, probably about a year away from having that thing out, but, I'm having a lot of fun putting it together so far. Well, that's very that's exciting. Great. I I can't wait to read that. Uh, I know I know in my world in film, like that that idea of putting together a fictionized story is you know it has its own difficulties as well. But putting mm-hmm. together like a documentary, you know, it's very much like I hear the constant phrase of like you have you're you're discovering the story, and mm-hmm. you're you're basically you're combing through all this data, combing through all this history, combing through all the stuff and footage. And then trying to find a story, trying to find whatever that you know you can put to film uh, out the out of the rubble, I guess. And I well, it's it, funny. go ahead. It's funny you say that. Well, so you say that because that's actually what my degree was in was documentary filmmaking. Oh, beautiful. I, yeah, I made three documentary films, and uh, I teach video production in high school. That's my my shoot job, if you will. <laughs> so this is uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make videos anymore, make movies anymore. So this is kind of writing is kind of my way to scratch that creative itch so yeah that's i'm literally attacking it the same way i would attack creating a documentary project so well that's fantastic uh, what yeah. do you have a title for the book so people can i know it's a year at least no. a year out okay, perfect. <laughs> fair enough i will we'll, we'll, i will make sure to follow along you'll say it on the mike and jd show i'm sure so i'll i'll make sure to let everyone know when you when you do get to that i know it's still pretty early um, but you also have a sub stack going yeah which everyone can kind of follow along themselves yeah, I'm doing a Substack piece. Um, I've got a fiction wrestling book that should be coming out within the next oh, cool. six months or so. So um, I'm kind of using my Substack to kind of get kind of get the name out there again. Um, I was writing with Garrett. I was writing with a couple other sites for a while. And again, when when the, the pandemic ended and I went back to teaching, I kind of had to pull back on that. So I've got this new Substack going where I just kind of talk about you know old wrestling stuff like and then mike and i will tend to use that stuff for uh mm. as the basis for for our patreon shows yeah. um i had a piece on who should have been the black scorpion right that's one of um one of my favorite uh, terrible storylines in wrestling. 
Sting, you know, people oh, Sting couldn't draw. Well, yeah, look, look, look what they were giving him, right? Mm-hmm. So we did this whole thing on who should have been, who should have been the Black Scorpion. It, by the way, the answer is Eddie Gilbert. It should have been Eddie Gilbert. But um, and like, uh, so I'm gonna do something. We're gonna record this week, and I'm gonna put a new piece out in a week about the invasion, the the WCW invasion. I wanna, I wanna hopefully talk to my buddy John Muse, who's kind of um, kind of in the background when that was going on. You know, he he had some really cool invasion pitches that wwe did not wind up going with so um but it's really interesting to see what because i talked to him he, he's told me the story of what could have been and it would have been a lot better quite frankly so that's mm. the story that we're going to look at this month with on the show and i'll have the i'll have the piece out coming up for that and i'm going to have a little thing with the voices of wrestling and i've written them before so later this week hopefully i got my first voices of wrestling piece out so try to wag me try to like dip my toes back into the writing about wrestling thing that's good yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, love it. I'm I write for Voice the Wrestling, so well, well, good guys, yeah. uh, welcome to the club, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> In a lot of ways, but yeah, no, that that all sounds great, and uh, of course, everyone can check out the Mike and JD show on the Fight Game Media Network. There on the uh, all platforms, right? All it's all it's the free show. So, um, and then you had that great uh, Don Callis Kenny Omega piece too that I think everyone would be really interested in. That was uh that was kind of right when I got involved with Garrett. Um, yeah, it's funny that went viral a little bit for us, and uh, right. it was kind of it was kind of used as the backbone of the Kenny Omega heel turn. I remember watching that with my wife, being like, "He was horrible. I couldn't believe it." <laughs> so um, it was weird. I wrote this to get my feet back with writing again. I started with fan side, and I, I got out of writing, and then I got on with Garrett, and he's like, "Hey," I so I wrote a really quick little thing just to get my feet wet again with that being like oh yeah chris jericho's 25th anniversary podcast change wrestling and i and you know wrote like an essay don Callis reached out to me on twitter he's like hey i like this piece do you want to write another one with me in mind and i'm like sure what, do you <laughs> what are you thinking and then he's like well this, this is the history of me and kenny omega and i remember talking to garrett we had like this meeting and garrett's like what does he want I'm like i don't know but i want to write it out i think this could be fun like there's he's he's doing something he's up to yeah. something so again we had a really cool interview i think i asked three questions in the whole interview he knew exactly what he wanted to say and i'm like all right i'll write this this is this is, should be fun and it w- went really good for us like we you know it's still the most viewed thing on fight game ever you know we man i i got a ton of followers on twitter was that <laughs> you know didn't get richer than that but i got a lot of i got a lot of notoriety i guess from it so it was pretty cool you know it's uh and i wound up becoming like i said the backbone for one of my favorite feuds ever which is moxley and omega so to have played a tiny tiny part in it was a lot of fun quite frankly well we're happy yeah. to have you on the show we're happy to finally Thank have you. you on the show um we uh we'll, we'll do more plugs at the end for all the other uh 20 billion things that i'm sure you're doing I'm too busy, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good to, good to keep busy. Good to keep busy. I understand that much. Um, well, let, let's get to, we right as you're entering, we started talking about our opening topic here, which was about Jerry McDivitt. Um, talking about how he is no longer uh, representing counsel for not only WWE, because he is retiring, but also for this MLW antitrust lawsuit. Uh, he wrote in uh, WrestleNomics talked to him Brandon Thurston for WrestleNomics talked to him uh, the, this new lawyer group uh, I'm not going to say the names again uh, they are replacing him and he said uh, that he is of course heading out because he is looking towards retirement and sort of alludes to the idea that because this case seems to be obviously moving forward and this case seems to be encroaching into 2025 territory he's like I'm 74 or whatever I am 
Uh, I've been re- I've been do- lawyering for 36 years with this company and with Vince. Uh, it's about time for me to go. So uh, I think it, one, it's interesting that uh, that someone like Jerry McDivitt is retiring just because of his history with WWE. Of course, with the steroid trials and every other <laughs> not uh, nasty thing that WWE has done that has kind of been thrown under the rug. But also, I think that it is interesting timing that he is also heading out during the middle of this antitrust lawsuit. Uh, something that obviously the judge in the case seems to have some sort of legs. This case has some sort of legs. Uh, JD, we'll start with you since you're on the show. Um, what do you think about Jeremy Divot retiring? And do you think this uh, says anything about this MLW antitrust case uh, without him being involved anymore? It's pretty interesting. Um, I remember about a year ago, news of this lawsuit started kind of, kind of filtering down to us and, um, Everybody poo-pooed it. Everyone's like, ah, oh, they don't got nothing. It's just Corp Bauer being Corp Bauer. And um, the stuff about Stephanie talking to Tubi, but I remember talking to Mike on our show with Mike being like, man, that's that's really bad. If she really did that, they really have something. But then, like, Dave would poo-poo it, or everybody would be like, ah, you know, it's nothing. And then when the judge said, ah, you know, we're going we're gonna to let this thing go on, I'm, I remember thinking, man, this is, uh, this is interesting. The fact that... What's interesting to me, and I think says a lot, is the fact that McDivitt didn't just try to settle up immediately, mm. right? I don't know yeah. if that. I don't know if because of the merger they're not interested in settling, or if because of the merger they should be interested in settling up immediately. But that's the most fascinating part of all of this, and I get why McDivitt, because again, it's going to probably be another. It's probably twenty twenty five. I think they said is when the lawsuit would go through, so he'd be seventy six years old, yeah. and he sounds more like a normal human being, unlike Vince McMahon, being like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this stuff at seventy six. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of get him bailing out because he's just been, man, he has gotten them out of. He, he's a phenomenal lawyer, right? There's so much bad stuff that's gone on with that company over the last thirty five years the history that... of wrestling alone would have rapidly been different <laughs> if he wasn't in oh my god absolutely yeah. he he he's one of the most important figures in the history of professional wrestling right i don't think i'm yeah. overstating that because there's so many things like, he literally got mystic man out of the stair i mean like granted when you look at the, the government's case wasn't strong but they thought it was strong Right. They thought yeah. that Vince was going down. Like Vince wasn't showing up when a uh, Vince just didn't happen to get that neck surgery showing up with a neck brace. <laughs> sort of just, you know, coincidentally, like he, and this has happened multiple times. So clearly Jerry McDivitt is excellent in what he does. And it's kind of a changing of the guard era. And I'm like, I don't know about this. Emily. I mean, like I'm, I don't pretend to be a lawyer. I don't pretend to know anything, but I mean, just in the way it's playing out. And again, the to be thing in particular really makes me wonder like man maybe they do have something there like maybe yeah. maybe this this is something and i'm sh- i'm shocked that it's gone this far i'm shocked that they haven't settled up right because they, they don't yeah. want it to go to discovery right that's not going to go good for wwe no. if they can really start like finding things out like I, I i can't i mean whoever the new law firm is i know he named it but it's not you know it's not off the top of my head it, but, well it's in your it's five names <laughs> so don't, yeah. don't don't blame you. you're right it's, five, it's some law firm um they should settle that up really quickly because i mean what's it going to cost to buy off court power in real and realistically speaking with what's at stake with this with this merger like we're we are really in interesting territory with that right now but that's what's always been fascinating to me is that i'm just as surprised as you are that there has because 
I think that's also why people have written off this case so much is that, you know, we, you see MLW, you see Court Bauer's name, of course, and we, we kind of get the idea of what MLW is about at this point. (laughs) So, so hearing that, oh no, we're, we're, we're heading towards discovery. We're heading, you know, maybe two years away at this point, but we're heading towards that way. And the judge thinks that there's something there. And obviously I assume Court Bauer and MLW's lawyer team believe something is there. Um, but the fact that there hasn't been any, uh, you know, that it's moving forward to me is like one, either for whatever reason, Jeremy Divot's not doing that, which to me is weird because that's his playbook is to mm-hmm. not go to discovery because we don't want to do that. And WB has the money to easily shut people up. Um, so then my immediate, my second thought is was money ever offered? Did MLW turn it down? And want to say no, we want to continue with this case. If that's the case, that's that in and of itself is very fascinating. That that why <laughs> you would think how much money does MLW have? That's the question I have. Is wh- how are they able to continue? How are they They're able still to open? Continue? As I like to bring they, up from time to time. <laughs> hey, ne- hey, never say never. Uh, but uh, the, you know, it's it's how are they able to do all these things? And the fact that I think Jeremy Divitt's leaving. And retiring, you know, I don't know who this new law former is. Going to the website, they, you know, their practices include antitrust, but it also includes like cryptocurrency and mergers and acquisitions and all this other stuff. So I don't know what their, you know, history is and their cases and stuff. But they obviously have done things with antitrust lawsuits, um, uh, and bankruptcies and all these other other uh, financial issues. So I don't know how they are at this. Presumably they're good if WDB is trying to get them. Um, but having losing a guy like Jeremy Divot who has changed wrestling in, in such a monumental way from behind the scenes, I think that's another weird win potentially for MLW. Like a weird, like that's kind of a good thing in their corner to have them lose their heaviest hitter. Scotty, yeah, what do you yeah. think? What do you think about this, Scotty? Yeah, I mean... I, I'll play the the advocate of the wrestling fan and just think like, ooh, this is all over Tubi of all places. Like, it, the, the joke is, right, Tubi's free and Tubi, you know, I think that's where uh, Lucha Underground once upon a time ended up after uh, it was done airing. Um, but I understand why, you know, WWE does the things that they do, right? They want to be the one wrestling company on uh, Fox-owned um you know services that being said it's insane to me because i was one of the people that were like yeah it's mlw who cares like why why am i gonna sit here and act like they have any shot in hell right because unfortunately for mlw they've kind of ended up in like the impact mindset i think for a lot of us wrestling fans where we just like look at them and I, i like impact a lot more than mlw i will not watch mlw for example um but they do they're in that same mindset where people just hear their names and they just like scoff and move on. Uh but Jerry McDevitt not being there changes a lot of things, right? Because like like JD said, like you said, Ryan, I mean that's that's one of that's one of if if Vince McMahon's the most important figure in WWE history, Jerry McDevitt's very high up there as you know, and he just never was on screen. He didn't have to be on screen to do it. Um, and I just think that's very interesting. And I, I, I sit here and I think, okay, there's definitely something there. 
And I I still think they settle in the end because this is WWE and that's what happens. But we've we've gone this far, so why not take it all the way if you're MLW? Because it's expensive. And that's what that's true. That's well, the one thing I can't figure yeah. out. Is like we watched I you know, I don't I used to be I used to really enjoy MLW around like the twenty nineteen era. Like I kind of it's like prime MLW. Yeah, that's Everybody's, swerve time. Yeah, swerve time. Yeah. Tom Waller was there, you know, when MJF like that's good. Those were a decent yeah. They were extremely like, hot back then. They were. Um I look at it now and like the production value is so bad. Like clearly there's not much of a budget going into these shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my immediate thought I mean, like I I'm pretty sure court finances the stuff on his own, but I cannot prove that. How much, how much do they have? Right. Right. Like you're going to go toe to toe with a multi-billion dollar. I mean, like I, I, I credit the balls. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> like the, you know, the, the little guy in me is like, yeah, man, go get him. But I mean, real, like realistically, just write the guy a check. Yeah. <laughs> done with all this. Yeah. Like, God forbid they do find something. Because, again, if it's I, – I think they probably think, hey, we had a contract with Fox saying we get to be the wrestling, you know, provider on here. We should be. You know, sure. um, is this – this challenge – this thing is this – does this lawsuit challenge the idea of exclusivity in general? Should exclusivity be a thing? Like, that is a question that no one – that neither WWE nor AEW wants answered. And that's something mm, that the right. lawyer, the, not the lawyer, the judge obviously thinks is an important question to try to answer. I think that's the crux of this, is should exclusivity be a thing? And is exclusivity in and of itself a monopoly? Because realistically, you could go, you could trace this down a lot of things. You can say that anyone can play any arena. You can't lock people like mm. that, because that's one something right out of the WWE playbook, right? Is well, this is our arena. Yeah, you yep. can't run they, arena. They're doing something actively with AEW in that regard. They are. So it's like... What's going to happen with all this if this does get to yeah. trial? And if court wins, what's left? You know, because you hear so much about these these companies winning these lawsuits, but it costs them so much they go broke. Like, is this something that he's willing to see out to the end? Or does he really just want a lawsuit to keep, or really just want a settlement, excuse me, to keep his company afloat? I don't think I know the answer to that question right now. Yeah, yeah, it- when I, when I said, you know, hear it out, it's almost like it feels like they have more money than we know. But then I, I then I think about it. It's like, OK, then why do you have the roster that you have? Why do you have the why do you have the show that you have? Right. Well, it's in, like, in their defense, guys, I mean, as we just learned on MOW Never Say Never last night, which, of course, I watch because I'm a demented freak. Uh, <laughs> kudos to you, sir. Yeah, thank you. That's what I've been waiting for. Uh, as we learned from last night, the Bumaye Fight Club is uh financed entirely by Don King, so the money is obviously coming from some some high places. You know, this is what's weird about MLW is every time we laugh about them, they pull something like this out. You go, Don King yeah. in pro wrestling in 2023. How did that happen? The answer is Court's a rich kid who's got some who's got some connections, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So I mean, this a really time, rich kid. I think he might be a really, really rich kid, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Like I said, like there's some things I'm like, where does this money come from? I mean, like they're not getting, I don't know what they get from BN other than a, yeah, we will gladly show your show. Yeah. Cause yeah. nothing, anything else they've ever had has really worked or gotten them paid. 
and like I know like they actually when they go to towns they actually sell tickets, right? They do. Like, yep. They don't they don't play the empty houses. So credit them on that. But where is this coming from? You know, it's just <laughs> mm-hmm. it's interesting, man. It, it I don't know. I don't think they want this to go. To, I don't think WWE wants this to go to Discovery. I really no, I, I think I, I think it'd be foolish of them. And I think I, I would have to imagine that they've tried at least everything in the power. And who knows? Just, you know, a settlement can happen pretty much at any time. You know, it could right. it could happen, you know, before a verdict is said. Uh, you know, a settlement can happen a settlement might happen between now and what, middle of twenty twenty five, whenever the whenever the case is happening. Um <laughs> But who knows? Like, yeah, and and you're to your point of like what happens if MLW if the case went through and MLW wins, what does WWE look like? What does that look like? As as they're also going into a merger with UFC, what is how does any of this look like? It 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 feels weird to say that this is becoming a monumental case, but it it's slowly but sh- slowly getting there, and uh, uh, and we'll see what comes out of it. Here's where the nihilist to me kicks off is because I grew up in the '90s, right? I'm older than you guys. Like I remember. I remember going to the news to the library to read newspapers about what was going on in the trial, the the steroid trial, because mm-hmm. like I hadn't quite mastered the internet at that point yet, so I didn't really understand how to how to quite work those things out. But like, we thought that Vince McMahon might be done at that point, you know. So did they. So did WWE. They hired. I thought Jerry Vince McMahon was done last year too. That's so what I'm. Me. I mean, this. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is this guy has a tremendous knack for survival. Yeah. Right. And WWE, as far as looking bad, like it's, it's impossible for WWE to look bad because the vast majority of the grand world thinks of them as a joke to begin with, but they're like rolling in money. Yep. Right. And like they have like they've survived so much that like they've survived a pedophile ring, for God's sakes. And then like stuff that would have stuff that would destroy a company today. The Benoit stuff. The Benoit stuff, the steroid trial, Mel Phillips. Like there's just Vince McMahon just brushes it <laughs> off and has for decades. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm <clears throat> I'm skeptical that this actually changes anything in pro wrestling, but there's always that chance. Mm-hmm. You know? And there is always there is. that chance. Um, well, let's move on to the next topic here, which is uh, sort of an overview topic that we wanted to open the show with, talking about AEW Collision. They are officially a month out from their launch. I don't know about officially, but uh, it's been four weeks. Uh, a, a month out from their launch, uh, four episodes down, um, we have seen the sort of kind of scope of their roster. We have sort of seen how their television kind of works. We have seen how the audience has taken to it or in some cases, not as much taken to it. Um, let, let's let give sort of our overview thoughts of how we think the beginning of AEW Collision is going. And JD, I want to start with you. I think the best way to just sort of get a, a grand thought is if you had to assign a letter grade, you know, going to your to your, your teacherific roots, which I'm sure is a word. Um, if sure. you had to, if you had to go, hey, Shakespeare made up words. Uh, if you had to, all pick, the time, all, all the time. Uh, and I'm not saying why I'm, uh, I'm. You just call yourself Shakespeare. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, if you had to give some sort of letter grade to how AEW Collision is handling itself so far, um, what would that letter grade be? A B. I give it a B so far. I enjoy the show a lot. I do. I think it's. A, I think it's a different 
I think it's the show is a different flavor than Dynamite, right? Yeah. It feels a little different. No one's, I don't, there's not a lot of dives, right, on Collision. Yeah. It just, the work style is different. Um, I think they, I think they promoted it real well. I don't think they did a great job giving you reason, giving you like hooks to turn to tune in, like yeah. leading into the show in the first couple of weeks. I think not ending that first episode with a big angle was a mistake. But, I'm enjoying the show. Like I missed it last week. So it was my anniversary and Saturday night's a terrible night to watch live television, but I have takes on that that I'll go into later. So I'll give it a B. Scotty, what about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to copy the same grade. So I'll, I'll just go like, I'll give it a B plus, I guess. Just make it, you know, change it up a little bit. Cause I think what we have to consider Besides the Saturday night thing, and I think we've all considered that by now, and we understand running on Saturday nights isn't ideal um, for a TV show, per se, is that they started at maybe the weirdest time a company could start two weeks out from a pay-per-view, right? Forbidden Door was right around the corner. So they almost had to start, have a debut launch show that then featured you know, stories that were going into that pay-per-view the week after. And I think that has really led them to not tell the stories that they want to immediately. Like they've tried with some of the CM Punk and FTR stuff, right? With Bullet Club Gold. But other than that, you know, you waited kind of on the Andrade thing. The Andrade thing's now really kicking off. The Samoa Joe aspect, which, you know, rumors say was supposed to kick off that first show all we got was them in the ring for a cup of coffee and then they were out now we're kind of more getting that this week um it felt like to me this week's episode would have been the perfect debut episode almost right because this week's episode despite being in regina canada and there's a point there's a part of me that says can we just get out of canada for these collision shows no offense to canada but they're in like these little they're in such little areas that like i don't i don't think like wrestling is booming in regina right now um necessarily uh but there's part of me that thinks that if you were to really kick this off and 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 forbidden door wasn't in the way it would already be a better start but i enjoy the show a lot like, I really like what Collision has going on. I thought this week's episode was their best. Everything on the show had meaning, right? You kick off the show with uh, Ricky and Powerhouse Hobbs, and Hobbs finally moves on from QTV, a story that needed to happen. Like, that's one of the big things. And, you know, I had a friend uh, text me, isn't Collision supposed to be the show that's, like, to give new wrestlers opportunities? Why is it, you know, just CM Punk and, you know, Signature Women's Match and FTR? And I said, well, first of all, CM Punk is the main part of the show. So he is supposed to be in every big match. So take that back. Uh, but second, it is, right? Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Ops. Those are your two, two of your main stars you're pushing on this show. And I watched that match. And you felt an energy, I think, for the, those two that maybe... Well, Ricky Starks has had a good following, but powerhouse Hobbs was really over. And by the time that QTV angle was over, I said to myself, okay, we've gotten something done 
in this story. Now we can move forward with the powerhouse Hobbs aspect of this. It doesn't feel like he's running in quicksand anymore. Uh, you, you know, you built the Athena and Willow match. You had that, you know, fantastic tag team match that's old school right that i think everyone was like saying old school almost 80s type stuff that ftr does so well with jay white and juice robinson that i thought was excellent and then you know you're in the end you're building to punk and joe part one in a lot of i know it's part five but in a lot of or part four is it four i think it's four was it are they can are they building it as samoa joe and punk four even though there's more matches yes uh, i think it's technically five but they are billing it as four. Correct. Um, but in AEW, it's really part one. And I, you know, JD knows this. Um, and I think that's the excitement of collision as a whole is that now we're getting to the good stuff. And it's why I think I only go B plus because, you know, the first week it was a good show, but it didn't feel like a premiere right it didn't feel like a premiere and now they've put forbidden door behind them they've put certain stories that they were just trying to kill off behind them and now it's starting to feel like the collision show that they wanted it to be and i i really felt that this week especially i feel like i i agree with you as well scotty is that they that it took a while to get there but i think that was also part of the idea is this slow sort of build yeah. of getting to this point. You know, I didn't think last week's show was too great. I thought last night's show was really good. Um, but it feels like we are slowly building momentum show-wise, uh, week to week, at least with story. Rating-wise is a different story, but obviously, you know, we kind of have to throw out the episode one. We'll see how this episode does. I think this episode was probably a bigger uh, show to tune into. And next week is obviously a three-hour extravaganza. Um, but I think we... It is interesting. And it's also interesting to say that, like, they have a small roster, it feels like. You know, the roster yeah. feels incredibly small here. And we, we're slowly debuting quote-unquote new people. You know, last night we re-debuted Scorpio Sky. Um, it feels very slow. Um, I think my concerns with the show are... You know, if I had to give a rating, uh, it would be like a B, B minus or something. So we'll just average out to a B for all of us. If yeah. because I have concerns, I said I had my concerns from the beginning of the show is that I didn't agree with the whole, uh, obviously how it all went down. The uh, CM Punk seemingly decision to be a surprise again with the whole Warner Brother Discovery thing. I thought, you know, uh especially after the fact it was like the cat's already in the bag just announce them you should have just announced them there and that way we can build excitement towards the show uh and then when we get to the show it does a very good number obviously not as good of a, of a dynamite number um but a very very good number uh nonetheless since the, but we also knew that that was episode one and it's going to drop off significantly and now they're sitting at sort of a rampage number um, which isn't good, um, but, but it's on Saturdays. But it's but of course, yeah, it's on Saturdays. Uh, it has way more competition next week, as we'll sort of talk about. Has a lot of competition just in wrestling alone. Um, so they're in an interesting spot, and I think Tony Khan knew that. I think Tony Khan. I didn't get the. I've never gotten the impression that Tony Khan necessarily wanted to do this show. He's always said like, "Oh yeah, it was you know David Zasloff's idea to do this show," and 
you know, yeah, we're, you know, help, happy to help our people. Um, I've never got fully the impression that this was a show he necessarily wanted to do. Um, but I think... I don't think Saturday nights excited him, remember? Because he never no. wanted to be booked against UFC. Correct. That was a big thing early on. Like, he would say, I don't want to go against Dane. I don't want to go against UFC. And he also Last knows how college... into the UFC pay-per-view. He also knows how much college football is watched, too. And he knows he that's going to ha- come down the line, too. Um, but I think they are slowly building that storylines that you would hope uh, bring out more of those fans, hope to bring in their audience. I think they also not only entered a tough time in terms of Forbidden Door stuff happening. Um, weird time. But I think they also entered a tough time where, I don't want to make this an elite thing, but it, it is a thing where they entered at a time and CM Punk's re-entering at a time where the hottest angle in the show in, in, in AEW right now is the elite versus BCC. Okay, uh, and then to ruin that. Don't worry. No, no, no. I'm, I, what I'm trying to say is that that is the hottest angle and having yeah. a show be separate that has none of the hottest stuff in the company on it is something is sort of a concern. Obviously there are reasons why that's not happening. Um, but I think it's interesting that we now have to create momentum and create uh, uh, new yeah. stories that become hot. We can't, you know, because of reasons, can't use the hot yeah. stories. We have to make our own stories. That's completely fair. And I that's think why it's, I look at it as a new show. And exactly right. I'll, but but, I, but my, I think that's my point is that my concerns with like in terms of like the ratings and the audience and stuff, the audience is tuning in for the elite and BCC. The audience might not want to turn into something new with collision. And I think that might, that could contribute to the lesser ratings. I'm not saying that everyone's an anti CM Punk guy. I'm just saying that it's something different. It's not quite hot yet. We just want to wait and see. And I think that's a possibility that the audience could be approaching. I think that there's something that we don't, I think that there a lot of people saying, I listen to this in our fighting discord all the time. People are like, you know, ratings are going to be really bad on a Saturday. You know, shit. Like, yeah. they're, not good. <laughs> they're not good anywhere. Like, they're not going to be yeah. good, period. And I think that was something we don't talk about at all. And the problem with, the problem with this is, like, WWE is doing such a great job now with, with attracting new viewers, right? They're yeah. literally the only thing in television that's growing. Everything else is Wild. contracting. AEW won Wednesday night. Won Wednesday night yeah. with 850,000 viewers. Right, we've reached a point where less than half the homes in America have cable television. Showbuzz Daily no longer is no longer in business because they don't trust the numbers they're getting from Nielsen. Right, I'll, this, I'll add that the uh, owner, the uh, CEO, I think David Zaslav of Warner Media, actively doesn't like the Nielsen ratings. He's not alone. Yeah, right, and I, he's not alone. Fox, NBC, and ABC have all abandoned Nielsen. So we still report the Nielsen because it's the only, it's the only tangible thing we have. And in reality, you guys watch regular TV too, right? How often yeah. do you watch something when it's on regular TV? How often do you consume a show that you enjoy but you don't love immediately when it premieres? Zero percent, almost never. <laughs> so why don't? So why do we as why does we yeah. as wrestling fans? expect people to consume wrestling in a different way and we go well it's not the government the cop i mean like in reality if you're not nuts if you're not up doing a podcast at nine in the morning like because <laughs> you love this stuff yeah. like in reality you have a passive relationship with it 
Sure. Right. And like, I, I'm trying to find it now. I can't see it. But Dave had a thing with the, the plus threes for collision. Mm. And when you add, when you factor in plus three with, with collision and dynamite, the numbers come up pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Right. Dynamite's ahead. Dynamite gets more of its viewers immediately. But the numbers really aren't that far off. And you go, well, networks don't care about plus three and plus seven. If they didn't care about plus three and plus seven, those terms wouldn't exist. Sure. So plus three, and but it's not sexy. It's not cool for us to talk about. We want to live the 90s again where everything was about the overnights. In reality, yeah. in reality, nothing other than the NFL and the NBA draw big consistent numbers. And now WWE, they're bucking <laughs> trends. Mm-hmm. I and, and I like I said, I'll say I say this on my podcast all the time, and I'll go to my grave saying the major part of WWE's resurgence has been their peacock deal. Yeah. The yeah. fact that all of their major shows are available to all Peacock subscribers and a lot of people at Peacock. Like it, you cannot, there's a direct thorough line to when they start picking up again. And again, you don't have to, the PLEs, you don't have to watch the show to watch the PLEs. They they do that on purpose, but a lot of people are into it. So they do watch it now. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that that is what is really helping that company. So I think that when we talk about ratings in pro wrestling and again, people like you, you don't think David Zaslav was fully aware that, that ratings on a Saturday night were going to be bad. You don't think he's looking at his own numbers? And right. I was like, that's why AEW is there. It's not there to win. It's there to lessen the bleeding. Mm. It's there to get people something to look at. They know they're not going to beat when Alabama's got a game on Saturday nights come <laughs> October. Mm-hmm. They don't think they're going to compete with that. Yeah. But they're going to give you something, right? Mm. And then they're going to they're going to have a lot of people watching the show on the app later and on the DVRs. Like that's why right. that's why it's there. Like yeah. I know we want we want wrestling to win because we're wrestling fans, but the reality is they're in a not they're not in a situation to win. And I think that the I'm pretty sure the network is aware. Now, the last week's episode, like I said, I didn't get to watch last week's episode. It was my anniversary. And reality, it was July 4th weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it was taped. Be, I was think taped. that matters. I know people say it doesn't matter. Taped matters to me. If I know what already happened. And who did CM Punk wrestle on that show? No one. And who's your top draw? I mean, like I'm saying, like yeah, exactly. They, no, that's they, fair. Now, this is the problem I think Tony does. If Tony doesn't think he's going to win or do a great night or it's going to be great. Yeah. He'll wave the flag sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake. And he, but like we have four years of dynamite to show. Eh, there's sometimes they just go, oh, this isn't going to be a great episode for us. We're not going to really try very hard. But I think Scott's right. I think this Canada tour was a mistake to launch the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think they thought they were going to draw really good in Canada. And I don't think they understood the market well enough. Cause again, mm-hmm. we have friends in Canada. They talk about, oh yeah, no one goes to indoor stuff in the summertime because it's cold there all the time. Mm-hmm. So people want to do something outdoors when they can and not be yeah. indoors. So, I mean, like you hear, they go, oh, that makes total sense. And plus, it's coming to a new market, and they're doing a lot of shows. And kudos to them for trying something. I don't think it worked out, but but you're here now, and you've got to make it work. And like I said, I give them I give them a B, but this is the reality of where you're at. You got to make it work somehow. And to continue your thought, which is I, I think a, a great counter argument as well, is that you know you talk about like their own metrics with Warner Brothers Discovery or their own metrics with David Zasloff, a guy who actively, you know, you know, kind of coming out of the pandemic, actively scrutinize against the Nielsen ratings and saying that, you know, because the DVR ratings and all the stuff and happening after the fact and, and all the stuff, how much money are we losing out? That was a quote from David Zasloff is because of all, you know, if we're basing off of Nielsen ratings, how much money are we losing from DVR? 
Um, and you know, sort of you think about that being in the position that he's in now, what are the ratings uh, inside Warner Brothers Discovery? Are they going off of Nielsen ratings? I would presume yeah. not. Do they? Are they doing their own sort of rating systems and being able to sell ads that way? Uh, I don't know the, in the particulars behind that deal, or if if that is even true. But I I think it's fair to assume that they they have their own set of analytics that they look at. You know, there was mm-hmm. that there was that report at one point in time where it was some executive, some female executive in Warner Brothers Discovery talking about how success. I think it was around the time when uh, Slap Fight or whatever the show was called had its sort of issues slap fight. Yeah, yeah had its power issues slap. power slap <laughs> thank you has issues where it kind of fell apart and kind of fell apart for other reasons uh and it just kind of went out of the way uh and i believe the executive talked about how and they gave like this number for aew instead of have like four million viewers or something every week and it was like some insane number that everyone was like what the hell is this lady talking about but she has that data from somewhere Right, she's not pulling yeah. that number out of her ass. She's an executive. She has access to the data, to some numbers that they're reading from Warner Bros. Discovery. You're right in saying that. I think Saturday is a more of a defensive move to other competition than anything else. But it's also, you know, they're looking at different numbers than everybody else. I think. I think it's yeah. fair to assume that they are not necessarily. They might be beholden to Nielsen, but they. I don't think they're using Nielsen as the end all be all. They're looking at something else entirely. It- if if they didn't like what AEW is doing, they wouldn't keep giving them more. They wouldn't believe them in the Saturday slot, right? And I and I think when it comes to ratings too, people have to remember, right? JD highlighted this DVR, the TNT TBS app. Which uh, sucks, by the way. If you ever have to use it, the TNT <laughs> I have TBS used apps it. are garbage. Too. I have used it, and I think people also forget fight. I know it's not here in the U.S., but come on, people like. It's very easy to get the fight app and, you know, pay five bucks for AW a month because you want to see the full matches, right? There's no such thing as picture in picture on the fight TV app. I've seen the versions of it. It's a wonderful thing if you don't like commercials, but I think that's a reality too, that a lot of people probably use that. Like I've seen, I've seen that conversation happen. So I just wanted to add that in before when, you know, Jay, go ahead. I mean, it just, this is the kind of the reality that we live in now. And like, it's yeah. not just David Zasloff, who I don't think is the world's greatest CEO. I'll just get that out of the way right now. I don't, I think he's made hey, a lot of, he canceled the show. Errors. I was, he canceled the show I was working on. So I don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I think that <laughs> since the merger, like just look at the stock, like it's not gone great, but I mean, he's not alone in his criticism. Nielsen and ABC, uh, NBC touted this new service they were going to use to track. Cause again, Ratings only matter to sell to advertisers. Yeah, and I want and when you look at a at AEW's advertisers, they're not bad. Like they have yeah. deals with like AT and T. Like they give major companies that are backing them. So it's not for uh, for wrestling fans. They just look for the the tribalistic takes on it. That wow, we're doing better than you. Ah, this is this, you know fed dead stuff like that like i read these dumb things on twitter and i just i'm an old man now so i want to throw my phone at the wall when i see these things i'm with you but in reality if the companies are happy that's kind of where we're at right and clearly they didn't like the number i think they're gonna have a nice nicer number this week there's not a lot going on right and there was a cm punk Samoa joe match they did hype pretty well could have been could have piped it better you could always do better but i thought it was pretty good hype so i think the number will be up this week but is it going to be a dynamite number no because it's saturday night and people have lives yeah. right and you are going up against ufc but i don't know what i don't know what the tremendous crossover between ufc 
and AEW fans is, but it might be enough that you get to lose a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand yeah. phantom viewers that, that, that Nielsen, cause that's the only numbers we get comes up with. And then, you know, I joke about this cause Mike and Mike and I have like, we did an impact pod for so many years. Like when the numbers are, here's a problem too. When the numbers are so small, the num like the fluctuations in individual viewers matter. So we would joke with our friend Wade, cause he was a, a, a Nielsen guy that when he didn't watch impact impact would lose like, 20,000 views, 30,000 views. So, I mean, I just, I think that we've reached a point where the Nielsen stuff just doesn't, isn't as valid anymore. And when there's such a great, when there's such a great chasm in what entertainment is today, this isn't like 1975 when there's three networks and no home entertainment, right? Those 40,000 homes in 1975 were far more of an accurate sample size than they are in 2023. Like it's just it's a different world, and the fact that and I I don't I don't disagree with these executives. I know Garrett and I debated this. He's like they don't like it because they don't like their numbers going down. And I said I get it, Garrett, but they're all saying it, and they are yeah. all going down, right? So I mean, like yeah. there's there's something here. I mean, the system it's an antiquated system, yeah. You know, and it's I I don't know what a better one is, but this is just where we're at with this, and I think we're gonna have to. Like collision has, I think really collision has to be the better show because it's set up to in a tougher spot. Yeah. And I think that's just going to be the discourse is like, is collision worth it? And until David Zasloff cancels it, it's not, I'm getting invaded. I saw that. Well, I think that's a great point. And I I also think I agree with you, Scotty, is that, you know, if we're, if we're talking about AEW collision being set up as a defensive move, who should we put in that position? They put AEW in that position. I think that speaks very highly, not only to giving them an extra two hours, but I think it speaks very highly of AEW for Warner Brothers, Warner Brother, yeah. Warner, you know, Warner Media Discovery. Uh, so I think it speaks very highly for them. Talking about that, uh, JD, about it being a better show, and it sort of has to be a better show. I also think you kind of also alluded to something that I think is true, that I think Collision needs a better thing in uh excitement and hype building uh i think they sort of lack lack in that feel i talked about that when i said they should have announced punk day one and and at the warner brothers discovery thing and just did that i think that would have been a great idea and would have helped them out a lot um instead of two weeks of weirdness or whatever that was happening with those special announcements of tony khan um but what do we think about the actual show proper you know, I talked about the smaller audience. We talked about the the show being built around CM Punk, but ultimately to try to potentially build up new stars in wrestling and build these things. We talked about that the show has to be strong, so it is a good defensive structure. How do we think the show is doing storytelling wise, and do you think it? Do we think it is achieving those marks that were we want it to hit? Anyone can take this one. I think it's I think it's doing all right so far. Um it's like AEW tends to it's so funny because they're like people are like, oh, WWE just has to just tell these stories. And I'm like, they've had one good angle in a decade. Like, let's not go crazy here. Like let realistically. Now they're Cinema, they, I'm told, actually. Oh, don't please don't get me started on that. Um <laughs> I think Michael Cole should win an Emmy. I'm just saying, I think Michael Cole should win an Emmy uh for uh, for, for being able to stand it as a said they guest. should win an Emmy. He did. Anyway, can't believe it. Anyway, sorry. They believe, and they believe it too. Is the yeah. funny thing that it's not just hype. They truly, truly believe it. Like it's the self importance over there is just unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, um, the show. I think it's it's 
trying to find its identity, right? And that's the thing is mm-hmm. like it can't be dynamite again because we have dynamite. And yeah. it's I like the fact that it's gone out of their way now because dynamite can be like this almost nitro like where things are crazy and things are up and down and things moving a million miles an hour. And like they've gone a they've gone a completely different route with dynamite. You've got Kevin Kelly who's got a way more laid back style. Him and Nigel have have good rapport going back to the ring of honor let's be honest this show is ring of honor yeah right this is the ring yeah. of honor show that tony khan wanted to do they just have to call it collision yeah um and it feels different i have liked it but it definitely moves slower last week's episode i'll be honest with you, i was playing my phone the whole time it was kind of boring yeah this week was really good i think from here on out we're really kind of getting into the notch of what dynamo of what, excuse me, what collision is and um I think they're still trying to figure it out, but I like it. You know, yeah. I, I think they need to do a better job promoting. No, I say promoting, mm-hmm. not just tell me like, you know, what's on the show next week, but I'd like to see some more things carry over. Cause again, we don't have the hard roster splits like we thought was going to happen. Yeah. I'd like to see a little more connective tissue between the shows. We're starting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of it. You know, I don't yeah, think it's sure. bad, but I think it could be tweaked. could be better. You know, I'd say it's a work in progress. And I think it'd be very interesting to see how that looks like post Owen Hart tournament. I think that yeah. that sort of eating up a lot of this, the story basis stuff happening right now. Yeah. Scotty, what do you think? How do you think AW Collision is doing on the story front? Well, it's the first show in a very long time to present Samoa Joe as a killer. So I think by all accounts, I should just applaud them for that because it's been way too long since we've been doing that. Also, I was devastated to learn he's only a three. I don't know how I didn't know this. He's only a three-time world champion. So TNA, you will pay for your sins. Um, just want you to know that. Uh, yeah, they have. They, they sure have. The, the name doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good start. But I think the show, based off last night, they did pretty much everything I've been looking for, right? They had, like, the pre-match hype video to kick off the show, you know, showing the history of Joe and Punk. Like, that's stuff you should always be doing in your company anyways. You own Ring of Honor. You should use all that footage for anything that involves Danielson, Punk, Joe, Briscoe's list goes on and on young bucks you know they have the entire old roster you should be using that and that hype video and then punk just walking out there to do a promo that set the tone for the rest of the night that's how you're different from dynamite dynamite dynamite's the work rate show right that that's what people call it i think at this point it's the work rate like you say kind of like nitro everything's happening all the time you don't know what's going to happen. And that's kind of the Blackpool Combat Club uh, flavor almost. Like that's their entire gimmick is like we're going to do whatever we want at any time. And it works. Collision doesn't need to be that, nor should they. But I do like the idea that CM Punk can go out there at any moment and go cut a promo. That means you want to be on your toes. That means you want to be watching the show because you don't know what he's going to say. And he cut a really good promo yesterday, had nothing to do with the elite, nothing to do with the young bucks. I know. I'm sorry. Internet didn't. He, he talked about the angle. Cause guess what? We've moved on for the time being with, you know, something will come up. I'm sure within the next few weeks and something technically came up this week with the uh, blood and guts thing, but he's moved on in, in kayfabe, right? He is. And kayfabe doesn't exist anymore, but in, in terms of this show, He's moved on. He's talking about Joe. He's also talking about Jay White. He's building all these things. And this show needs to run through CM Punk because this show doesn't have a lot of stars yet. 
right? We're we're making Andrade a star now. We're reestablishing him as a babyface star. House of Black, I mean, they were up and down for the longest time before getting the trios belts. Like everyone was like, ah, what is this? Like, is this just is this just Bray Wyatt 2.0? Now they've found their footing, but you know, Malachi Black's not on the TV, so they're trying to tell that story. Uh Scorpio Sky was gone for a year. They're trying to re put him out there. Uh, you know, the women's match getting taken away last night stinks because Athena and Willow, you know, they're they were gonna go out there and make the show even better. I think that's something we we're not talking about. And this was easily the best collision. So, and I, I think you guys were both right with the tournament stuff taking up a lot of their current booking, but it's now playing into their stories as it should. And ultimately, I think the show is good. It can be great. Does that make sense? Like yes. there are there are levels here that can be great. I kind of saw it last night with just you know the main core telling their stories and pushing those forward and i hope that's where we go because i'll bring up last week last week was the weakest of them uh that also had mjf on it is that a correlate i don't know maybe maybe it's his fault maybe we can just blame mjf i like blaming mjf um that being said like it was taped it was fourth of july weekend right like like jd said it was tony khan taking the l in a lot of ways cm punk didn't wrestle CM Punk wasn't announced up until the day after Dynamite because they were like, we should probably just put him on the show, right? You know, put him yeah, on put commentary. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, no offense to anyone. No one's just going to jump into the show to hear CM Punk do commentary because CM Punk likes to do commentary as someone doing commentary. He's not going to be like cutting promos the whole time on Samoa Joe. Um, so I think we're working our way there. I really do enjoy what they're going for and i think as time goes on and you introduce more people it'll get better and better and better i think they're starting to bring ring of honor people into it now with athena like athena made it very clear to me last night like this was going to be my collision debut on this great show and it's like okay she's definitely destined for this show mm -hmm. which is good that's what you should be doing bring in the kingdom i think the kingdom and ring of honor only is stupid like I think they're fantastic and they should not just be there. Like keep bringing in these new people that are just on ring of honor because they're there in the building. Yeah, exactly. They're there. You might as well utilize them. And it's also, it's also a good hook to get people to buy honor club. Mm. Right. Cause I don't know yep. why you would buy honor club, but to, to be quite frank, like there's not by AW dark. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all it is. Like I did it yeah. for a month and I'm like, this is not worth my 10 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think the more you can utilize those, those players, those ring of honor, like I said, this is basically Tony Khan's ring of honor. Yeah. This is what, this is what it would have been. So I think you got to utilize that. Like, I think you gotta, you gotta steer in a little bit. There's, there's plenty of people there. Just, uh, you know, like I said, you said that a small roster and it does feel like that because they haven't utilized a lot of people. There's a lot more people in that building, man. Just mm -hmm. keep, yeah. just keep wing, just keep pulling them out. But I like that they're, they're, they're not they're not rushing anything right it's really slow burning you know they're trying to establish who the guys on the show are yes and then you can start filtering more people in like yeah. so far if, like did you hear that crowd last night with jay rot with with uh with switchblade and and juice robinson mm -hmm. those dudes were like lost a month and a half ago yep and they were getting tremendous reactions like jay white is a guy now in aew yeah. just listen to the crowd like they're, they're telling it to you so it's starting to work it's not going to be what we want it to be, but I'm, I got news for you guys. SmackDown was on TV for 20 years before anybody gave a shit about it. Yeah. And I still think SmackDown's kind of. Well, people care about it. 
Yes, yeah. it's, yeah, it's the greatest show on television. I'm told that every every Saturday morning. Cinema, <laughs> cinema, baby. Um, I think that I think it's a great point, and I think what we're all sort of kind of talking about uh, is the idea that they are centralizing the stories because what they are doing is building a foundation of yeah. the show, that a foundation where they can build new stars, build up new people, slowly bring in new people, and see how they interact. And make a kind of a small ecosystem of of wrestlers to to grow from there. You know, we talk about building stars. There is a solid chance that Ricky Starks, I think, is winning next week. I think it's a, 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 a maybe say a forty percent chance that Ricky Starks is winning. I'm going to give the edge to CM Punk because it's CM Punk. But you know, you're talking about building up new stars. Getting a win over that guy would be huge. Now, there's also you know there's there's other things there, but. That's the whole idea here is we are trying to showcase and create the foundation of what AEW Collision is so that we can go off and make new stars and do all this other stuff so that down the line, let's say a year from now, AEW Collision could be this very fruitful show that is great long telling stories, uh, you know, great new stars that we haven't seen in forever that are being properly utilized, ideally, uh, and ideally a great show that's growing their audience. And that's what you sort of want Collision to be. I think if you're talking about a defensive move, long-term would be that you want this to uh, eventually be a top show, eventually be a show that is yeah. ri- rivaling Dynamite in the ratings, right? That's, if you know, to go back to that talk, it's it's something that, that's the, lo- it's long-term storytelling with the show itself. I think that's what they're trying to do yeah. here. And I think there's something really bad out there for some AEW fans I will not call them elite stands, but some of them are. They're like, freakazoids. We some know this. freakazoids. Some of them think like dunking on other companies is by also dunking on collision. And I'm like, do you know this is booked by the same guy you're defending? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you forget that Tony Khan is booking, you know, he owns both of these shows. Like, that's something that I see. And I think a lot of people don't want to like collision yeah, because they don't like CM Punk. I think and, oh sorry Scott go ahead. And I just think like that's also part of the problem in looking at it. Like I don't know how you don't watch Collision and enjoy it. I really don't because I just think it's a good wrestling show that, you know, it's it's a little old school in a good way and that's probably why I like it, but good. No, I was going to say there's a like you, you pointed out that there's a lot of people, the AEW fans, and it's not a lot. It's a very vocal minority who yes. want this show to fail because they think that's going to send a message to to Tony Khan about CM Punk, when in reality, he's the only guy in that show that matters at all, right? As far as, like, the grand scheme of pro wrestling goes. They're trying yeah. to build everyone else up, but Punk didn't wrestle in the last show, and look what happened, right? Yeah. Like, the brawl out thing was such a weird litmus test for people. Like, <laughs> adults can have disagreements, sometimes physical disagreements, right? And I'll, I've said this on my show's as fans, you don't know these people, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't live with them. You don't you're not in their thoughts. You don't know what their values are. You know what is presented on the internet, and you let yeah. that form your opinion on human beings, right? So, well, you just because you got a guy's autograph at a show doesn't <sighs> mean you're boys, yeah. right? Just because you watch Being the Elite every week doesn't mean that like you know you have to go and burn buildings down to protect Nick and Matt Jackson. Like (laughs) these are human beings and like people have bad days and people are allowed to not like each other. And people allowed to disagree. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, like when an adult looks at these situations, they see, hey, man, that's really bad. That's a really toxic environment for everybody and things need to be worked out. Right. That's how a, that's how an adult sees that situation. But I mean, these like nerd fans who treat this like high school when they want to they want it to be all clicky. And I, it just it astounds me that grownups can act like this. Like if this is a 12 year old, I'd be like, all right, I get it. You're immature. But when these are people in their 30s that feel the need to be like, I don't like CM Punk because he said this. And well, I don't like the elite because they might grow up, man. Grow up. <laughs> these are adults who actually don't give a shit about you one way or the other. So why you put all this time and effort in defending people you don't know is beyond me. But I think that if you want AEW, if you care about the company, like if you're an AEW yeah. fan, you want it to succeed. You want to make sure that it works. Right. Or else it goes away. And again, I say this as a fan who watched his favorite promotion go away. Like I was a WCW guy growing up. Sting was my dude, right? And I remember March of 2021, I'm thinking, man, WWF's going to take him over. It's going to be better now. Everything's going to work out. You know, they're going to be okay. And six months later, I'm like, oh, I was stupid, right? And that was a hard lesson to learn at 20. Yeah. Right, that like really understanding business. Because I was just a kid, I didn't understand that. And I said, I, "This is the best shot you have of getting a quote unquote alternative. Do you really want that, or do you want to just play games?" Right, you yeah. cannot like a guy. You cannot like the show. That's perfectly fine. Just don't be a nerd about it. Absolutely, I I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, and I think, and I think that's just like the conversations now that happen more than anything. It's it's almost like AEW fans have given up on the AEW versus WWE thing because really it's stupid. That was stupid to begin with, stupid to begin with yeah. and it's now Dynamite versus Collision. And even then, it's like, do you hear yourselves? Like, it's the same company. Like, imagine if people fought over SmackDown versus Raw. Ever. That's what they wanted. That's yeah. what WWE wanted uh, for true. years. That's and they tried true. to like go, oh, he's a SmackDown fan. And they have the red and blue shit. <laughs> yeah, what do you think Survivor look- Series is about nowadays? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Brand supremacy. Like, this McMahon has to look at us and goes, they did it. I tried this for 20 years. They actually succeeded. All I needed was some people that hated each other on opposite <laughs> rosters. Like, it's it's wild to me that which this is, is where we are. Yeah. Which is funny, because I also say Vince McMahon would probably be the only person that would book CM Punk and Young Bucks on the same show and say, get over it and move on. He would. Yeah, no, 100% true. would. And that to, to, the man has a lot of problems, but he was he does have things that he's really good at, and forcing people to shut up and work together is one of them. Right, because yeah. we just don't. The problems exist in WWE. They just don't. They don't get the. They don't get the magnet. They don't get the attention that these ones do because I don't think Tony Khan has quite figured out personnel management yet when it comes to these things. And that's sure. something that comes with time. Because game be like, well, Vince would never allow this, dude. Jacques Rougeau knocked out the Dynamite Kid's teeth with a handful of quarters. Mm-hmm. That happened backstage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bret Hart ripped Shawn Michaels' hair out. Mm-hmm. Right, and like. There, you have these wrestling is different. People want to treat wrestling like it's going to work in an office, and it ain't, right? It's a different. It's a different mindset. It's a different world. So the quicker we understand that, the better we are. And it takes time to really figure out how to manage these things, yeah. right? Vince McMahon didn't have that figured out right away. You described so, things from thirty years ago. Tony Khan's been doing this for four. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Vince McMahon has the the advantage of one growing up in the business with having his old man, right? Two. He was there for a long time and he didn't squash every beef, right? Harley race walked into the locker room with a gun and aimed it at Hulk Hogan. 
while he was taking a shit, I believe is the story. Like <laughs> these are things that, I mean, like yeah. it's back in the day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And now we're now we're mad about a a fist fight that happened, you yeah. know. Those things happen. It does. So people got to get over it, man. Wrestling is ugly at the end of the day, you know. Wrestling is stupid, and the sooner we <laughs> yeah, get that, the better off we all are. I love it, but God, is it dumb? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Well, let's. Uh, what a great note to end that conversation. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's move on to the to the next topic here, which is uh, New Japan Strong Independence Day. They had two shows out of Japan to celebrate America's independence. Uh, New Japan Strong. Why? Why not? uh i won't do, well, we won't do match by match of course but uh on for night one night two of course night one you had the main event being eldest brother and june kasai defeating homicide and john moxley you also had two title changes with the strong openweight tag team titles with the bullet club war dogs coglin and kid winning the titles of bishaman and the junior section of that drilla maloney and clark connors winning the titles off of akira and tjp drilla maloney and on night two you had of course in the main event john moxley defeat el desperado in a final death match eddie kingston winning the new japan strong openweight title off of kenta and julia defeating willow nightingale to win the new japan strong women's title so a lot of title changes coming out of the shows what did you guys, starting with JD, what did you think of these two New Japan Strong Independence Day shows? Oh, New Japan Collision? It's great. It's awesome. It's working perfectly. <laughs> like, no, I mean, seriously, though, like, yeah. New Japan has done a really interesting, because, like, when the Strong brand started here during the pandemic, it just kind of was just there. a studio show. It was just kind of there. It was really weird. I'm, but the American wrestling was good. Now they've actually taken this strong product, brought it to Cork, and they're the heart of Japanese professional wrestling, and presented a different New Japan product. It's a completely different show. Jun Kasai stabbed John Moxley with the skewers. <laughs> First of all, Jun Kasai is in New Japan. Yeah. Like, that in of itself is mind-blowing. I yeah. never thought that would happen. Ever. Like, that video Del Desperado, he's looking for a partner. I'm like, holy shit, that's Jun Kasai. <laughs> like that's wild to me that this is happening and you have eddie kingston as the champion like there's the model for what you want collision to be is it's new japan strong because you have the two comp it's not it's not two companies but the two brands i hate using that term it's so cheesy but they have completely different uh, like they have a completely different vibe right yeah. and it's not just the fact that one's primarily in the u.s and one is primarily in japan like it, it helps the shows just feel different it helps it does help yeah. but i mean like there's a difference in philosophy with how the mm -hmm. product is presented right and i think i think it's super interesting right now because they're doing stuff that you would not man can you make antonio inoki's company right this the heart <laughs> of strong style 
did skewers in a match. Yeah. It's just it's it's mind boggling to me. And Eddie Kingston is the champion. Like people are like Eddie Kingston should be the world champion. He should be the we deserves it. I, I hate the you deserve it mentality and things because I believe that pro wrestling should like the champ should be the guy that draws. I'm old school like that. But this is really good. <laughs> like it's really story, <laughs> and it yeah. it he it does put it up heat on Eddie going into the G1 where he's definitely more of a threat now, mm-hmm. right? He's definitely he has something, right? And this is exactly what titles are, they're props, right? And now you just legitimized Eddie Kingston to some Japanese fans who might not be terribly familiar with him, you know? So I'm a big fan. I think this is great. Scotty, what did you think of uh, Strong Independence? Oh, I thought they were two great shows. Like, if you walked away from these saying these were the best New Japan Strong shows yet, I would, I'd probably agree with you because I just think, like, the atmosphere of Corkin's obviously just phenomenal, but you felt every person on the card living up to the spot in Cork and like they all cared so much. And I think, I think as, as, as fans of wrestling, as fans of Japanese wrestling, you can watch a Cork and show and like say a new Japan one compared to a, you know, pro wrestling Noah one, for example, right? Noah's going to usually load up the card a little bit more because they're a smaller company, new Japan, you know, they, they'll just run a house show there and, you know, they'll pack the building and it'll just be like, all right, I can miss that show. You almost forget, like, sometimes when New Japan does run a big cork and how special it can be. And Jun Kasai, this guy should be booked everywhere, right? He's a legitimate wrestling legend. And you felt that when his entrance happened. Like, oh he was God. the biggest star on a New Japan pro wrestling show. Like when JD brought that up, it was like perfect. It's like June Kasai was the biggest star on a New Japan show. That is insane to think about, and I I love his you know roadies that come with him that are just absolutely freak out in the stands. Like that was fantastic, and it set the tone for the second day. I don't usually even like like I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm not a big death match guy. If you listen yeah. to this show, you know that. But the way they utilize the death match on day one, day two, I'm with it. Like that's how you do, it, especially day two, because I thought they really told a great story between Moxley and Desperado, and I love Desperado. Um, and obviously Moxley, I don't need. I think we all pump up Moxley enough that no one needs to say that all the time. But every match had a level of excitement. Even if you were watching New Japan for the first time and you had no idea who Gabe Kidd was and Alex Coughlin and Drilla Maloney and right all these new guys that they're putting a focus on, if you had no idea who they were, you'd still think they're the like all these people are stars because that's how these shows were presented. Uh, Strong has just taken off since the pan. pan I know COVID's still around, but since the pandemic, I mean, Strong has taken off. Does that have to do with Mercedes Monet being part of the brand? I think that helps because I think that brought more eyes to the New Japan strong product. But she wasn't on this show. She didn't need to be on this show for people to be excited about it. So who they have on it? They had John Moxley, one of wrestling's biggest stars. They had, and, and, and that's the excitement for me of what these shows put together. It's like, and I don't even talk about the women's stuff, which obviously is you know my my bag over here and i thought they did a great job with that i mean i watched willow in japan and i was like i need i need her to get over there more 
obviously she got hurt and she couldn't wrestle on collision but you know it was worth it it was worth it i mean that title might be cursed or something because there's injuries coming from that title now for the two champions but i thought julian willow did a great job for two people who you know have never worked together i thought tecla on night one made herself a lot of fans just based off of reactions i saw everything worked everything worked and there's stories and you know thoughts to get into about title challengers and stuff like that but my favorite part of it all besides the main event of you know besides the wrestling was just eddie kingston getting his moment eddie kingston is a guy that i watch and i'm like why was he never tnt champion why has he not been one of the mid card champions in AEW because every time he shows up in AEW, he's has one of the best reactions. Now, is he a draw in terms of, you know, merchandise and stuff? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you, but I know that when he shows up, he gets a reaction and that happened over in Japan. There were people chanting. This is awesome. And he also got a great match out of Kenta. So, I mean, Eddie Kingston, what a worker. Eddie Kingston does the, the has the one talent that all pro wrestlers need. Like I know we get lost in talk of the minutia of work rate and this and that and all this stuff. Eddie Kingston makes you care. Yeah. And at the he end does. of the day, that is what matters. Whether whether you love him, whether you hate him, when the man gets on the microphone and just emotes and and you know. I don't want to use the term bleed because John Boxley was on the show and he literally bleeds everywhere. <laughs> but I mean, like the man just like the motions just pour out of him like no yeah. one else in wrestling. Like, and he has this ability to make you feel what's going on in his soul like no one else. So then the fact that that's now transcended continents yeah. is incredible. I never thought we'd see it, to be honest with you. It's amazing. It's special. It, it really is special. And now that he gets to go into the G1, I mean, he's going to have a match with Shingo. Like, for, you know, for the for wrestling fans like myself, like, that's as exciting as it gets in a lot of ways. It's like, those two are just going to go out there and batter each other. And then Eddie's going to cut a killer promo backstage about how this is everything he wanted because it's his first G1 match. Like, that is that is what I sign up for when as a fan, truthfully. I completely agree with both of you guys. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add is that I think the shows also did a good job of establishing the these new sections of Bullet Club, these war dog factions or whatever. I think they did everything a- about Bullet Club currently, whether it's gold or in Japan, everything's good except for the actual leader of the new Bullet Club. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Um, uh, <laughs> I've been I've been a David Finley heel turn hater since day one. Um, you know, I, I feel like they did a good job, obviously winning titles helps. Um, but, uh, establishing this idea of like, you know, them as a group, them as a faction, them as this, this chaotic threat, uh, a big brawling, I'm not big brawling brutes, but brawlers, uh, that are throwing chairs around and throwing people around and doing all this nonsense. A very chaotic. I think they did very cheating. not cheating. I think other than just you know just being crazy brawl, it, it, they have like a BCC energy in terms of their chaotic uh, brawlingness. Yeah. Uh, but I think they did a good job of establishing that as well. And I think that uh, for me was very much needed to see out of these new guys. Obviously, putting the tiles on on them helps, uh, and hopefully uh, we'll see how a lot of them do in the G one, or at least half of them do in the G one coming up. And so I'm excited to see how that turns out. Um, any other thoughts on New Japan Strong Independence before we move on? 
um, Julia versus Mercedes Monet is your big signature event now. Yeah, so, coming out of this, right? Uh, we yeah. talked we talked about this in the preview. Where where the hell is that show going to happen? <laughs> what is that match? Is gonna I happen? think it's going to happen in the U.S. Like, I think the whole plan, and this is just me going off the cuff. I have no idea. Sometimes I know things. This is not one of those times. Uh, I think the plan was always to run Julia and Mercedes in a big spot. Probably not here, truthfully. Like Corkin, Corkin's big, but like that's a bit. It's a bigger show, truthfully, because it's the biggest match they have. It is absolutely like Julia. I think won a lot of people over. I, you know, how I know she won people over. I had people. I I read people saying AEW needs to go sign her. I said, ah, we've we've made it. I've made it to. We Stardom has made it to up. Oh, this person's over. Time for everyone else to take them away. Um. <laughs> That is your biggest match now. That is your biggest match, whether it's New Japan Stardom, whatever it is. And I think they're going to probably save it maybe for a big, strong show. Because Mercedes was supposed to be champion, right, for that match. Now they've probably reversed. Now it's probably going to go from Julia to Mercedes rather than Mercedes to Julia. I think Mercedes to Julia would have been very reasonable. But now since she got hurt, we're going to do it the other way. And I think that's fine. I just am looking forward to however they book that because it's going to get a prominent spot wherever it may be. Preferably not on Wrestle Kingdom because I'd like it to be more than six minutes. I was just going to ask if Wrestle Kingdom would be the the place for that because it, it would. Get, you're right. It would get yeah. it would get a short match. You're 100 yeah. right. You know, Julia's over when people are booking Julia Mercedes Monet for Wembley a com- in a company <laughs> that neither of them work for. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I don't. I don't think people realize like all in's not what it was last time. Like this is an AEW product. It's yeah. not a let's bring every company together product. <laughs> Twitter does not is not the place for you know subtle nuances like contract law. <laughs> you know, I, I see like Will Osprey needs to end the show on top. Like he doesn't work there, right? Like it's not. <laughs> it's a weird move for Tony to put somebody else's guy on top of his big show. Like we got that. Yeah. Like you got that. Like mm-hmm. stop trying to make this weird. Yeah. But Threads is the perfect place for that. Um, <laughs> just joking. what do you guys think of Threads? What do you guys think of Threads? Yeah, it's, it's whatever. Weird. It's whatever. Right. It's now weird. It is a little weird. Like I like. It's like you go into a. I, I compare it to like you go to a party where you know everybody there, but it's in a different place. Like maybe you're in a different state, and you're like the house is weird, and you're like, I know you people. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. Right. But That's also, kind of like but also your friends, friends and everyone are like at the end, like on the backside yeah. of the house, and you're like, <laughs> I have to get through all these through other all people. All these random people. Like, I, I, who are these people? I know that guy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's very weird. It could be good. I haven't seen nearly as much. I haven't gotten up the threads being like, God, I hate everybody. Like, like I often do. Yeah, that's the one good thing about the feed so far. Though I have hated famous companies so far because that's all I get to see is like TikTok, and I'm like, I don't care what TikTok's threatening about. <laughs> what do I? What do I care? I'm not going to follow them on anything. Why right. do I? If I wanted to be with TikTok, I would be on TikTok, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm not Agreed. on TikTok for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Coming up this Saturday as well uh, is Impact Slammiversary. Obviously, their big-time summer show here happening this Saturday on Pay-Per-View and Fight. Uh, now, J.D. It, changed his show not to talk about Impact. I, we bring him bad. on hours and we disrespect him with that. I'm so sorry. He, he happened to come <laughs> on when Slammiversary is happening. That's I had a, I, I have a very complicated relationship with Impact. Is mm-hmm. I have, um, it's been my relationship with this company from the get-go, right? 
is I really wanted TNA to be something. And even though it had the company was called TNA, which was embarrassing to tell people, what show are you going to watch? I'm going to go watch TNA. And then you go watch you know, it, and there's a bunch of go-go girls dancing. Right, and then you're like, oh, that's, so they're living up to it, I guess. Yeah. But like, so I like, I'll go in this moments where I really like what's going on. For the last 20 years, he's doing this. And then I'm like, go down. I'm like, God, this company sucks. And like, I'm up and I'm down. It's always, it's very mercutial. Yeah. And uh, Mike and I had this podcast for two years where it was called Brace for Impact. We just talked about Impact stuff. And the, this year just broke me. Like the show. <laughs> it's not the wrestling because the wrestling is yeah. often really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like the booking, like people complain about booking. And I'm just like, do you guys watch Impact? Do you see what I have to go through every week on this show? Like what what destroyed me finally was Taylor Wilde doing the the tarot card thing on the ring apron while Kylan King is wrestling. And I, I just, I, I, I call Mike and I'm like, I can't do this anymore, man. I just, I hate this show so much. I know it's funny when I go into an epic rant, but I just, I don't even have like the energy. Eventually you just don't care. Yeah. That's what I was at. I'm like, they're telling me not to care about the company. So we, we, we changed formats of our show shows much better now. And I've been told that things have been much better in impact. I'm on an impact hiatus at the moment. Sure. Perhaps I'll check back in with Slam Reversary. I haven't made that decision yet, but I know Mike's still doing. Mike's still covering it for our site a little bit. Scott, what do you think of Impact right now? Oh, uh, what do I think about Impact right now? It's a it's a company that could be so much better. I think that's my takeaway from it, and maybe that's the history of TNA as all. Um, but like they have the relationships in place, right? They have New Japan helping them out um they, and and they have you know sammy callahan so they have like local things going on but the new japan part most importantly they've been entrusted with someone like yu yomura so dude, clearly that's a big deal right i think everyone sees yu yomura as like a next big star type thing and it feels like more often than not they don't utilize that to the best of their ability starts with jay white for example and you guys talked about this on your show this week how Jay White was brought in at Slammiversary, what, two, three years ago now? Two years ago, yeah. And didn't do anything for eight months. And then they were like, oh, yeah, you're just a mid-carder on our show. Like, here, here, we'll just put Jay White on our pay-per-views wrestling, like, Eric Young. And you'll you'll be okay with that, right? Eric Young of the design or whatever respect they were the called. Respect the dead, sir. Eric Young, <laughs> Eric Young has been murdered. Please show as, respect for the dead. True. As far as I'm concerned, he has been because he never popped up <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> so you're probably right. But like, there's some things that work, and then there's some things that are not. The one good thing that I'll give them credit for is they put the Motor City machine guns on top I all around. That. That's that's the best thing that it. You know, I, I jokingly said that's the best thing Impact's ever done. I don't even think I'm joking. Like, I love the Motor City machine guns. They're probably the half the reason I even pay attention to them now. Because they have them. Um, and listen, they'll, they'll probably end at Slammiversary because good things can't last too long. But not that's the best company. thing that they did. Um, no, exactly. And they ha- and I'm looking at this card now. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know half of it. Looks looks pretty good. There'll be good wrestling on the show. Like JD said, they have good wrestling. Always is good wrestling. I, it's I, the booking. I wrote about it on the, I did a sort of a six month year in review esque thing on patreon.com forward slash Canada pod. Uh, released that, all, that over the weekend. Okay. Yeah, I had that ready. I talked about <laughs> Impact and I said that like, the, I feel like Impact has secretly put together a really good roster. Like, I'm looking at their men's roster and it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, Gresham's on there. Uh, 
You know, Alan Angels is a very good mid carder, I think. Nick Aldis pops up, and I like Nick Aldis. I'm fine with him. Uh, he's you know, they Nick Aldis. What's that? He's good at being Nick Aldis. Yeah, he's great at being <laughs> Nick Aldis. He and he, he's also a new flavor in the Impact uh, Soup Bowl. I don't know. New, new old flavor. Yeah, yeah he he adds sense. something to to them that they didn't have before. You know, pushing Saban and Shelley up there it, it, more into the limelight is very good. I was like, all of a sudden, you know, Speedball has been a fantastic gift. It took them 20 years to do that, by the way, but Mm -hmm. it's fine. But it was like, it feels like they secretly, like, got, like, a good roster all of a sudden uh, Mm. for Impact. I love ABC. Is that what they're called? ABC? ABC Mm -hmm. Terrible, terrible, terrible name. Terrible name. But let's talk about Slimeversary. Let's see if we can get JD watching it, uh, and we'll see see what happens. So, yeah, main event, of course, is your world title match, Impact World Title. Alex Shelley defending his title against Nick Aldis who previously won that 8-4-1 gimmick match. Uh, match sucked. Last, say it. Last match sucked. Had uh, Bully Ray in it. Sucked. It was, <laughs> it was not only Bully Ray in it, but it was pretty much about Bully Ray the entire time. And that's I didn't like that. Um, that's why. That, there you go. That's how you get to sucking. Mm-hmm. But that's your main event. Any thoughts about the main event? Uh, or should I just do, should I just do overall? Just say all the matches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got so yeah, we I also have, have about every single one of these matches. <laughs> we have the knockouts world title match: Diana Perazzo versus Trinity. Uh, of course, formerly known as Naomi. Uh, if there was ever a shot, that for... main events doesn't it? That'll end up main eventing. I if Trinity's if... winning, I think that main event. I think, I think you're right. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair I to mean... say. Knowing this company, if Trinity's going to win, because she's pretty much their biggest star at the moment, mm-hmm. that main events. Uh, you have the return to the ring of Scott Demore. That's right. They're the guy in charge. Is See, this is the what ring. I'm talking about. It's <laughs> stuff like this, man. Like, it's 2023. Don't nobody want to watch Scott Demore. I just, did anyone want to watch Scott Demore rest? No, it, no, no. Go ahead. That's no. what we. That's so, what I'm here for. That's why you're on the show. Just go off. It's Scott Demore. <laughs> so to be clear, it's Scott Demore and PCO versus Bully Ray and someone else because Steve Macklin is apparently injured and won't be able to wrestle that match. Who is probably that's the a- the best wrestler in that match won't be there. Oh, there's no probably. Steve Macklin is sneaky. Had a really good resurgence in Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my partner Mike is probably one of his favorite wrestlers going right now like Macklin is really talented he's really found himself in impact he had a very a, a too short run with that title and now yeah. he's hurt which is just a damn shame so yeah. now the net and what is the what is the median age in that match 56 probably like who the see the, <laughs> it's, I it's can't even begin like to give a flying minutes. shit about this match like it's everything <laughs> that's wrong with impact is the fact yeah. that the guy Scott Demore has to book himself into these situations, mm-hmm. right? I used to compare Impact. We watch Impact's like watching the Muppet Show, right? The Impact is a show about a show about wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes yeah. the characters are running around trying to figure out how they're gonna get the show done, and, and Scott Demore is Kermit. So to me, <laughs> it's like I watched Bully <clears throat> Bully Ray put Kermit through a flaming table, and it isn't nearly as funny as it should be when I say that. Yeah, it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate this shit. Sorry. You said you, but at the beginning of the show, you talked about how you're watching MLW back in 2019. Were you watching Ring of Honor back in 2019? Oh, I'm a big Ring of Honor fan. Yeah, I love Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, 2019 Ring of Honor was the hardest time to be a Ring of Honor fan, excluding the pandemic era when all wrestling yeah. was bad. Ring of Honor yeah. was just like super quiet and scary to watch. Like, but yeah, um, Ring of Honor 2019 
was the dark days mm-hmm. of Ring of Honor. The Marty Skrull, the, when the copy conversation, Marty Skrull should have won the title at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, well, it turned out that that was the right decision. Having Turned him. out Matt Taven was the right guy to do it. <laughs> turned, out, turned out Matt Taven was not the guy we deserve, not the guy we deserve, but the, the man we needed in that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, that was also was. that was also the year of like peak bully ray it felt like oh it was so bad man it was, it was so bad. i got like i did a whole got, like, i did a whole patreon series about 2019 ring of honor and about like it, he hates himself that's yeah I, as you know i watch mlw i watch 2019 ring of honor i hate myself apparently uh that nwa you got it all connected because it was also like during that time it was like peak bully ray feuding with like lifeblood about lifeblood. about about uh mark haskins wife uh oh god i forgot how bad this was and then like mark haskin gets like injured or something and then no bully ray is gone for no because bully ray is gone because he gets if i believe correctly suspended for that fan interaction if anyone remembers where he brought a fan to the backstage area and basically oh like, yeah mafia yeah. shook them down well go be a fan yeah because <laughs> he was heckling his ex-girlfriend good lord mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so this is like this is this is the bully ray influence of impact to bring it all back to the impact this is the bully ray influence of what we're getting is this sort of like i think that escalation Yikes. of muppet show stuff of you know you it's it's fine to have waldorf and statler in the in the balcony but have them involved in the show is completely different completely you didn't have waldorf <clears throat> you didn't have waldorf and statler you know in the act mm-hmm. right they weren't on stage trying to perform they just made their jokes and you moved on and uh, made fun uh, of it right and no we don't do that in impact you know they just they got to get the old men right out there and someone's going to go through the flaming table and i just it's gonna be tommy dreamer or something it's gonna it? be tommy dreamer it's well, gonna to- be hold on tommy dreamer's feuding of bully that can't it can't be tommy dreamer they don't it's care impact. things don't make sense yeah that's true that's true <laughs> yikes this is bad. that's a bad match it's I, really I will, bad i will not watch that i promise mm-hmm. Now, yeah, when we review, when you have me review this show next week, I will not be able to talk about it because I, I will not have seen it. And it sucks because I'm pretty sure like the replacement for Steve Macklin is going to be like Jason Hotch or or what is Jason Jake Page or whatever the other guy's name is, the Good Hand. Yes, the good hand. yes, yeah. Or Kurt Hawkins, a, a, as Brian Mike Myers. said on the uh, on JD's show, the Good Hand jobs. Yeah, they're, they're uh, jobbers. Yeah, we're uh, we're very immature. Um, <laughs> Uh, rest of the show we have here is the Impact World Tag Team Titles are in a four-way ABC uh, versus Moose and Brian Myers. Oh, he's already on the show. Can't use him for the Bully Ray match. Uh, versus Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan, aka uh, Team Wrestle Revolver. Uh, versus Subculture. They're returning. Where the hell is the Rascals? Uh, they're on the show. Didn't they just come back? Why are they not in this match? I uh, don't know. Zachary Wentz not on the show. I guess they didn't Trey have a spot for him yet. Trey got engaged last night. Maybe he's on vacation. That's probably uh, that's, that's probably accurate. Uh, we also have the X Division title match: Chris Sabin versus Leo Rush. Big, that's gonna be like, awesome. Big that is your match of the night. That one. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm getting Leo Rush is pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm happy. I love Leo Rush. I, I always do. It's just boy, that guy just keeps tumbling. You know, New Japan's so, like, his home. New Japan's yeah, home. I, 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 he I feels pretty so. comfortable there. Yeah, I'm glad he's not. He's not always there, so I think that helps. Does that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love Leo Rush, man. I just this match is going to rule. Him and Chris Saban are going to have an excellent match. I'm very excited by that. I completely what a good agree. random match to put together for your big show. Random is all hell. 
Yeah. I, hey, that's impact, baby. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Eddie Edwards to settle the score with their wives and their corners. Uh, we have the ultimate X. Time out. Time what, what, what is the score? Do you know what the score is? Uh, what, what score are we settling? I, I believe the score is one to one. I think that's literally the score. Uh, I All don't. Right, cool. I, they have beef. This is a beef rivalry. Uh, Both really good veterans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're going to put they're going to put together a solid match. That's pretty much what we're going to get. Out of this. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a solid match. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> shtick involved because Tracy Brooks is back and that's a good point. Alicia's is a heel now. That's so a good There's going to be a lot of bullshit, and I'm. Yeah. I like how I Alicia. Smell, I smell impact all over this one. To be honest with you, I like how Alicia only turns oh. whenever her husband turns. No, actually, forever he was a heel and she was a baby face, and they'd have this this drama. Oh, you're my ride or die, and they would they would just it would bleed into various angles. When it was with the honor no more thing, I actually kind of liked it because mm-hmm. I actually thought honor no more was one of the most critically underutilized stables. Agreed. Ever. I really liked. They honor came no more. in super hot. And then impacted nothing with them until Tony Khan had already bought in Ring of Honor and like completely killed that angle. Mm-hmm. And then they decided yeah. to push them. It's like, aha, great timing, guys. So they actually, it was fine there, but the fact that was almost two years ago. Yeah. Like, and the fact that now we're getting the Alicia Eddie stuff is just, I don't know, it's like, it's impact daylight dollar short stuff. It's whatever. It's going to be a lot of schlock in this match. Not for me. There is a Ultimate X match. Mike Bailey versus Jonathan Gresham versus Kushida versus Kevin Knight versus Angels. Uh, that should be that should be good. Kushida, Kushida and Gresham in an Ultimate X match. I think we forget like what kind of wrestlers they are. They are not, you know, the high flying risk takers, but they'll be good. I mean, that's five. That's five good wrestlers. It can't be bad. I just want to see Kevin Knight do a drop kick. To, on the from the canvas to someone hanging up, uh, it'll look cool. It will look yeah. awesome. Just do a, he'll jump up, drop a kick him in the head somehow, uh, and it'll be fantastic. It's such a yeah. random group of five. <laughs> That's what we do. It's I mean, to be frank, that is the lifeblood of Impact. Is you take five random smaller guys and put them in an Ultimate X match and watch them kill each other. Mm-hmm. Right? I like watch the lifeblood joke because lifeblood was about as random as. <laughs> An impact match like that. The most ra- I forgot lifeblood was a thing until Ryan mentioned them. Like well, I'm like, oh my god, lifeblood. I forgot about that. People yeah. hate people hate on Juice Robinson and AEW, you know, for its first few months. People never saw lifeblood. No. <laughs> well, well, if you forgot about lifeblood, check out patreon.com forward slash counterpod and check You're out welcome. my lifeblood pod lifeblood review show new blood so go check out patreon.com for us the other two matches well which I'm sh- you're welcome uh the other two matches which i'm sure are on the pre-show are the knockouts world tag team title match the coven uh the aforementioned taylor wilde and kylan king taking on the new- king's better than this agreed taking on the newly formed team masha slamovich and killer kelly you also have the digital media title. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why did they do why what have they done to Masha? What have the what have they done to Masha? She was supposed to be a giant killer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They brought her in. I thought for sure this was gonna be like kind of like the new awesome Kong of the division, like just this monster yeah. that was gonna run rough shot over everybody, hold that title for a while, we'll build up a baby face, get a big No, they didn't do that at all. Yeah. <laughs> like it seems She's teaming with Killer Kelly, clearly they have not. I, I, I'm a big Killer Kelly fan because 
I'm the opposite. <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm just. No, he said because he's a perv. You didn't, you didn't like, let I'm him. Because I'm not a good person. Perfect. Like, so, okay. All right. Copy that. He's not a killer Kelly in the, like, wrestle. No. no. Not in the wrestling sense. Like, the character. Fan of the, big fan of the character of Killer Kelly. <laughs> this match is going to be so atrociously bad, I might run my face into a wall if I tried to watch it. Yeah. It's, uh, Masha's Masha carry. If you keep Ma- Masha and Kylan King in there, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. That should be good. That that those two. Have that's been, why I said okay. Yeah, those uh, mind you, fine. that's the the coven is the worst thing, and one of I can't say the worst, but one of the worst things in professional wrestling right now. So I guess I they go with the oddball team of Killer Kelly and Masha because that's very impact too. Yeah, yeah. And it gives right? Masha a title and Killer, I guess, a title, and they're like a very weirdly horny tag team. That's exactly what it is. And the impact, because trust me, we have like we have this big impact fan group that Mike and I are a part of. They will eat that up. Yeah. People will be all about that. Oh, people so already serve, are all about that. Yeah. It will serve the impact fan base quite well. Hey, hey, and we hey. should never talk about the matches. There's an argument Ever. to me that that's a good good booking for serving your fans, I guess, you know? I I I guess. Uh I guess. it was built on TNA, so you know, the horniness works. Uh, well, it didn't quite work actually at the very beginning. <laughs> to be fair, for TNA, you ever seen those old shows? Like in retrospect, Mike and I watched. I the I, I am last at year. I am on TNA episode fourteen. I've been Good for you. I've been rewatching or not rewatching. I've been watching them. Yeah, I, and and yeah, like the first what was it? By time they get to like episode six or seven or something, the company itself is like bankrupt. So, or practically bankrupt. Oh, uh, the, the story behind TNA is way more fascinating than anything that went on mm-hmm. in the ring at the time. It'd be a hell of a book. It would be. Someone else is actually working on it because I actually pitched that a couple years ago. And I guess there's Mike actually knows the guy. He's um someone who's actually been with them for a long time. There is a hell of a book there. Yeah. Because just listening to the, like the Jeff Jarrett podcast, the Conrad podcasts aren't great, but listening to Jeff Jarrett be brutally honest mm-hmm. about the history of TNA is absolutely fascinating. Sometimes. Love like, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, he's the best. Mm-hmm. Like, so ain't he great? <laughs> yes, he is. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, the fact that you can go back and you've watched 14 in a row of those old TNA shows, I tip my cap to you, sir. I remember them in the in in real time being awful. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing my own out of my own want watching old imp- i told you i'm a i'm a crazy person i've been watching mlw are, I'm, watching, man. <laughs> I, I'm watching i'm, I'm waiting on the nwa comment it's coming i'm not i'm not watching nwa well they have oh. a, they might be coming to tv so maybe i'll oh, watch it over there um yeah. yeah i've been watching oh, it's coming. i've been watching tna i've been watching ring of honor uh from the beginning so yeah i've been slowly slowly building up my my, my ring of honor watching has now dwindled to zero oh well i'm not Until i'm not watching pay-per-view. modern ring of honor i'm watching a 2002 oh, okay. uh ring of honor with all right the, you've uh, gone to good ring of honor yeah, not 2019 like, ring of honor mm-hmm, that's good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. slowly but surely. um and then the only other match here on slumiversary of course is the digital media title match between kenny king and joe hendry yeah not watching that thanks uh, i have to ask you jd are you do you sorry i should say do you believe in joe hendry yes He's hilarious. Joe Henry is awesome until the bell rings. Can you, <laughs> I was about to say, can you there explain to me, someone who actively does not believe in Joe Hendry, why I should believe in Joe Hendry? And then he said the bell rings. And the bell rings <laughs> yeah, there we go. The whole thing is over. He's hilarious. Like he just has great presence. He's actually perfect for impact, right? Because yeah. like he's okay in the ring. 
he takes up a lot of time in their TV show with his skits. People laugh at them. He gets like good silly reactions out of people. And then that's it. You yeah. know, it's fine. The Digital Media Championship has the worst name of any pro wrestling title. It's a joke, right? So putting it on Joe Henry makes perfect sense. Because Joe Henry's good at being, you know, a meme wrestler. They um they did one of those music things for Yuya Uemura the other day, and I did laugh. Like he sang his song, but it was end up being Yuya, and he just like popped out like it was a sitcom, and I was like Damn it, I laughed. <laughs> that's the, he's good at that stuff. He get, you yeah. want to hate Joe Henry. That's the thing is, you want to, like, again, I was that guy. I'm like, I'm not going to laugh at this guy. I'm like, he's Scottish. That's that's kind of cool. And then next thing you know, five minutes later, you're cracking up because yeah, yeah. he actually is funny. He's just not a great pro wrestler. Yeah. Which is why Impact's the perfect place. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. Um, any other thoughts on Slimiversary before we no. move on? Not perfect. Oh, right. tr- Trinity wins. And do you think Nick Aldis I- is winning? The world title? Yes. Probably. I, I, I said it at the beginning of this. I knew the Motor City Machine Guns fun will not last long. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because of Nick Aldis. So. That's probably fair. Um, another show Leo this- Rush one, I'd be okay. Eh, yeah. I'll I'll totally like, okay I just like Leo Rush. Leo yeah. Rush is great. I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, I don't either. The only uh, the other show that's happening this same day as Slammiversary, we'll talk about real quickly, is Triple uh, A having their another second Triple Mania. I hate Triple A out of Tijuana <laughs> uh, this Saturday. the The card itself is whatever. I mean, there's an ambulance match between QT Marshall and Pentagon Junior. That's something. Uh, uh, but the only two things I think really are note here are the main event and the continuation of the tag team feuding and then the losers or whatever face into a, a mask versus mask match uh, at the next triple mania. Those are the only two matches that are really talking about. And that is of course the, I can't say this, uh, Guerra del de Rivadales final match, Ellie Park and Rouge versus psycho clan and Sam Adonis. Of course the losers of this match will go and do a hair versus uh, mask match at the next triple mania. But you also have the idea of, is Roosh going to be at the show? No one knows. He is ex- apparently, you know, a couple weeks ago quit AAA. <laughs> he has not showed up <laughs> on AAA guy. TV, apparently. And no one, I, I, I checked Lucha Blog today just to verify. Still no idea if Roosh is even going to be at the show. We'll find out. And then, of course, your main event, which is I think is the very exciting. world-class pro wrestler right there. Mm-hmm. Your main event, which is Old very school. exciting. AAA mega title, El Hijo Del Vikingo versus Kenny Omega. Uh, what are your thoughts, guys, on those two matches? The main event's going to rule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the main that, event's going to be great. Scotty, what do you think about that main event? I mean, it's going to be phenomenal. Now, am I going to lose my mind watching AAA production? Absolutely. Because, again, I hate AAA. Their, their production is so bad. Like, they make WWE look normal camera cuts. Oh, it's That's awful. an accomplishment. It's awesome. uh, but Kenny Omega's, you know, pound for pound, best in the world. Vikingo's Vikingo. It's going to be fantastic. I think Kenny wins. You think Kenny wins? You think Kenny takes the title off him? I mean, they don't care about the title, right? Like, That's true. We've established that. Right. They, don't they don't care about the title. 100%. Care about it. And I think they were. If, if Tony Khan said, yeah, you can have Kenny Omega around more, I think they're going to absolutely be like, yep, we're giving him the belt. Tony Khan, I would love to sit in a Tony Khan Conan phone call at some point. 
because these are two people who clearly don't like each other, but for some yeah. reason continue to work together. So I just, yeah. I would just love to hear how it, how it talked between them. Cause again, this show has QT Marshall and Pentagon in an ambulance match. And I, I love Pentagon, but I cannot think of something I'd like to watch less than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking to myself Marshall now. special right there, baby. I'm thinking to myself now, what are the odds you open up the ambulance and Johnny TV is inside the ambulance and then he beats up Pentagon and then that's the return of... I believe it's Johnny Caballero Johnny in Caballero. AAA. Sure, sure, I guess that's true. In, in AAA, it's Caballero. But yeah, I was just thinking to myself, what are the odds that he's probably going to be on the show as well? Why is that even a match? I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the Omega beat Vikingo when it was on AEW Dynamite. I, I, I can totally see the argument of Omega winning. Oh, yeah, I forgot that he beat yeah, Vikingo. Yeah, I, th- I okay. can see the argument of Omega winning. It's Omega. You put the title Omega, yada, yada, yada. But I think the idea here ultimately is that we're putting Vikingo over. That's what Omega wanted to do. Uh, put Vikingo over in his country, you know, that all that sort of stuff. I, I think it should be the a real question is will Don Callis be involved? Hmm, that could be fun. Because it seems like any match Kenny has, Don Callis is there. And that he, Omega has to lose, so, you know, maybe it's not necessarily by Vikingo's hand. Maybe it's by Don Callis's hand. Or maybe Takeshita shows up out of nowhere. We have established Don Callis in AAA. That is true. That's true. That's very true. So, so maybe, maybe, maybe that is how we get there. I don't know. Kenny could always just lose clean, and AEW could never mention it too. That's always a possibility. You think he's gonna lose clean in AAA? That's, I. That was the joke. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. Maybe they'll send Takeshita. Maybe they'll have him do the dirty work. You know. You know. Um. I would not be surprised to see Don Callis and Takeshita mm-hmm. in AAA. Right. Yeah. That that could actually happen. That might be a thing. Yeah. I'd be okay with it. Better than a shitty ref. Just you know. What what match was it a few years ago where the ref was just like a heel and I was like this is, this is that's bad. that's AAA they have a heel referee that purposely does slower counts and purposely ignores uh, that's like having Michael Cole as like the heel who just loves the Miz oh wait a minute WWE did that for like a year that. and it made everything insufferable uh, the Miz makes everything insufferable so. this is true any this thoughts true. on the Roosh situation whether or not he will show up for this match. Uh, that is dependent on another main event for another show. Who knows? It's Roosh. <laughs> yeah. He could show up. He could not show up. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they know. I don't even know if Roosh knows. Roosh yeah. definitely doesn't know. <laughs> right. He's going to wake up in the morning and be like, how do I feel today? I think I'm going to work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they should replace him with uh, Jeff Jarrett. You'll get a professional, competent job every time. Yeah, that would be... Interesting. Jeff Jarrett's <laughs> career in AAA is definitely something. And then, so, Im- and then imagine if Jeff Jarrett and LA Park lose, and then the main event of Triple Mania in Mexico City in whatever October, whatever it is, is LA Park versus Jeff Jarrett mask versus hair match. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's that that's that'll put butts in seats. That, I feel like that would actually Jeff draw. Jarrett will make sure people are in seats. Oh, I yeah. know. he'll be throwing he'll be tortillas in... to the crowd. He's gonna go out of his way to make that work. He yeah. also agreed to being having his head shaved, so that would be yeah. crazy. Yeah, he don't care. And, and he and he's had a long history of AAA, so it actually would probably draw. To be honest, you're welcome. You're welcome. I booked you a main event AAA. Um. Any other thoughts on AAA? I think we're about done here. There was a couple of news items, but I think we're out of time. Um, yeah, Kotobushi showing up. There you go, everybody. <laughs> oh, AAA? That would be cool. 
No, no, no. I meant, I meant the blood and guts. That would be out of. That's out of left field, man. Oh, huh, all right. Instead of <laughs> instead of Roosh, Kotobushi. All right. I guess it's I, fun. I was trying to put in all the other stuff though. Yeah, Kotobushi and AEW and uh, NWA and CW. CW. Yeah. CW. My I, question is, okay, how bad is MLW if they couldn't get on the CW? Mike has been trying to will impact on the CW since they uh, since they got purchased by whoever I forget who owns them now. So the fact that NWA came in and smashed those pumpkins and got on there before anybody nice. else is just thank you is just amazing. Since it's the mer- be- since the merger, I've talked about that someone has to go on CW at some point. It's a prime spot for wrestling, honestly. Oh yeah, it was Mike. Mike was convinced it was going to be Impact. Convinced. And I said, no, nah, it's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. I did not foresee the NWA coming in and scooping it out. Be honest, never in a million years thought that was going to be a thing. No, they, here we I, are. I feel like they're going to do one of the, they're, they're probably doing like one of those gimmicks, but they're paying for the TV slot. Well, it's actually, from what I'm told, it's going to be a reality show. In Which is probably best for NWA because now we have to watch them wrestle. So it's um, a reality show that's going to try to push people to fight, <laughs> to fight TV and watch, watch the matches. Is that the idea? It sounds like a disaster. It does sound like a disaster. Oof. Sounds like NWA. Yeah, yeah, as, I, as I said on this, I, I said this with someone a few weeks ago, the NWA died when Ric Flair left. That was a joke, but at the same oh, no, time, true. it's very true. That's a and the yeah. fact that we still talk about this company in the year 2023 is very funny. I could tell you exactly when the NWA died, when Bobby Heenan held up the NWA big gold belt on primetime wrestling. Yeah. That was it. It was WCW mm-hmm. from then on officially. Yep. And that was it. That was the end of the NWA. That was the final blow. It has never, no matter how many times, I think it's like six, no matter how many times they tried to reboot it from then, it's never worked. The NWA died, like you said, when Ric Flair left WCW. And then, great title belt. Though. Cause then you have oh, a- the best ever. The best title belt ever. Uh, yeah. Then you have WCW, then you have WCW NWA trying to figure out a new title belt situation for several months, and then Ric Flair comes back and like, all right, okay, now we can do something with this. And that whole well, no, mess best, that that was. So the best was they had this. Okay, now you're getting historian duty talking. Mm-hmm. You had this pay per view at at uh, uh, Great American Bash 1981. You had Luger and Wyndham in a cage for some reason, because they weren't really feuding at the time. And they just take took the old Florida belt and slapped a plate over it. Yes. So you couldn't see that it said Florida. <laughs> and that's the belt that Luger has in the ring. And mm-hmm. the fans are just shitting on the show the whole night. We want flair. We want flair during everything. And the fact that the show was so awful, yeah. like beyond the main event is just terrible. Nick uh, Sting and Kola, Nikita Koloff had this cage match or this chain match that had zero blood. Kevin Sullivan cuts one of his bonkers promos with the one man gang talk with the third eye. It's just, it was so atrociously bad. And how do you end the show by shitting bigger on the crowd and having Luger turn heel with Harley race mm-hmm. to top it off with this crappy looking belt. It is one of the worst things from a major professional wrestling company you will ever see. Who was because who was booking the WCW at that point in time? Dusty wrote. Uh, no, because they didn't. Flip. No, Dusty didn't come back yet. This is still Jim Hurt. Yeah, still Jim. Hurd. Jim still Jim Hurt, and he's was it was it Jim? Yeah, I'll take your I'll take your word for it. I, I, I'm sure you know more than me. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, because it, it wasn't Jim Hurt the guy that was also like part of the reason why Ric Flair left. Of like, oh yeah, oh they hate each other. Yeah, they, they, they need Jim you need Hurd. to cut your hair and you need to do uh-huh. all this stuff. 
You mm-hmm. want to call him Spartacus? He wanted to have an earring. Spartacus. He just, he just wanted Flair out. He thought that yeah. Flair was just had was, was done. Little did he know the man would be around for another twenty years. Was Jim Hurd the Was Jim Hurd the guy that hired uh, um, Sheik? Who was the guy that yes. hired? Yes. yes, the Jim Hurd era was when they they gave the Aaron Sheik hundred hundred thousand dollars for two years and then didn't book him. Well, booked him for like a month or two and was in, like, in, "Oh, he yeah, sucks. Yeah. He's, oh, he's he's really terrible. bad." And it was. Sting in uh, Wrestle War '89 pay per view, and it is really, really bad. And if I'm not mistaken, it was like they gave him a contract for two years, but they had the option. It was an option deal, where it's like they could do a second year if they wanted to. Forgot that that forgot that he was on the contract. The contract rolled over, and they had to give him more money for a guy they weren't using to just sit at home for a year. He had two six figure deal, like he had a two year six figure contract, and worked a total of like ten matches. I want to say, yeah. Like that's the Brock Lesnar way. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar at least will show up. It'll be something interesting and good. And he'll show up, have an interesting match, and draw. Sheik at this time wasn't drawing. Yeah, he never. I mean, like the I don't know if the Sheik ever drew. To be quite honest with you, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was really really bad. Like that era of the Iron Sheik. That early 1991 WCW is some of the worst wrestle crap you'll ever see until Dusty comes back. When Dusty comes back in the fall of 91, stuff stuff starts getting Mm -hmm. better. Like almost immediately. Like the clash, one of my favorite clashes actually is the clash November '91, where uh, Sting gets attacked, and we reveal that um, uh, that Rude, Rude and Sting. That's when the feud starts. Mm-hmm. And that's when when uh, Rick Steamboat comes back and t- tags up with uh, Dustin Rhodes. Like that is immediately when things start getting better in WCW. Not great, but better. Yeah, like there's better. an immediate there's an immediate uh, shift in quality. And like the problem with WCW is they just they changed. After her leaves, they change direction so quickly. So I mean, it's hard to get like any type of consistency with that program. I'll get off my old man soapbox. No, I love this. WCW is something I I know, and like early WCW and NWA is something I'm so fascinated with, but I've like seen so little of it. It's something it, like I don't I don't know why I'm choosing Impact and Ring of Honor first, but like I I want to actively do it like a WCW NWA into WCW and then to the end of it, I guess. Rewatch. having lived having lived it it's something it, yeah <laughs> it, it was it was something well, like, he's watched again, 14 episodes of early I mean, tna you can watch it well that's the thing what? like it's like they have i think i think for the most part i not i don't think this is out of the question way better wrestling than early impact early tna stuff but like the drama behind the scenes is so wild absolutely. and crazy mm-hmm. absolutely like the nitro book and the companion piece, I think that you have to read the Nitro book and you have to read Death of WCW. I think you have to yeah. read both of them. Because, like, the Nitro book, you get this, like, grand overarching scheme from the people who actually were in the trenches. Yeah. And then Brian gives you this great fan outlook on kind of what we were watching and how we all consumed it at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think the two books kind of go hand in hand. But even the Nitro book only picks up from when Nitro really starts. Like, there's this whole interesting period before, like... Yeah. From from the the moment it gets weird is really when Crockett buys the UWF. Yeah. From that moment on, things really get derailed, and the company is really spiraling out of control. Pretty much until Hulk Hogan like brings in some stability, mm-hmm. and I hate saying that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, the stuff behind the scenes is far more fascinating than what goes on in the ring. But there's also some really good wrestling that happens too. Yeah. Like people like to crap on WCW, but that's it was the work. They had it sting. was the work rate. They did have sting. as I like to say, they had Sting. That's good enough for me. But they also they also had good matches. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, because WWF in that era was not known for their work rate. Let's be honest. You go back and watch some of those early 90s WWF pay-per-views, and they're they're bad. Yeah. Right? WCW had good wrestling matches, like, consistently. They were always good matches. And they would swing for the fences, but they would they would whiff. Yeah. You know, and it would be a spectacular. Just a spectacular. <laughs> the problem with like going back and watching old WCW and WWF TV is TV wasn't meant to be consumed the way we consume wrestling TV now. So it's all squash matches and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it makes for a very boring watch unless you know you go back and try to like you're almost better off going up and trying to pick up angles and stuff like that and yeah. interviews to get a vibe on the on what was going on because like people didn't watch people just didn't watch wrestling like that the way they like they watch it today mm-hmm. you it was just an infomercial to get you to go buy a ticket yeah so it's it's harder to i think it's because oh, i want to watch old w7 like i'll ah, just watch the pay-per-views don't watch don't watch the old tv because the old tv unless you have a specific angle in mind mm-hmm. like right um vader and cactus jack from early 93 when vader nearly kills him mm-hmm. right that's great tv yeah but you got like that once every couple months mm-hmm. like for the most part tv was it's just a thing to, to do to do you know like it was just it was yeah so different. yeah well yeah that dramatically changed like years mm-hmm. later uh but yeah no because i love that angle of just like I, I think there is like an art to like jobber matches an art to like you know seeing seeing somebody you know we talk about all the time is like you know jobber is really it's a good idea of like seeing how good this guy is at selling you know, seeing someone having something on TV happening, the gambler having the gambler on TV, uh, you know, and also and also like they had like a crap ton of like television that's just like, you know, Tons. like like jobber material now, mm-hmm. you know, until Nitro came about where it started becoming more of like a flagship product. Uh, it was kind of just like, here's a bunch of wrestling on TV. Well, you, Saturday you, Night Saturday Night was a good show. Like, I think Saturday Night was the best wrestling program. Mm-hmm. Any pro of any of the wrestling in there because like stuff would happen on WCW Saturday night. You would have angles, you would have interviews that were interesting. Like things would move. They would like it would yeah. move things forward. When oftentimes like like old if you have like old Raws and stuff like that or old like primetime wrestlings, like stuff moves at a snail's pace. Yeah. Like at least like things happened on WCW Saturday night. But again, it's just it was just such a different product back yeah. then. Yeah, I want to. I want to ask you. Guys, well, I was going to ask JD two questions before we got off, but I'll ask one to both of you. What's the last like wrestler that you know utilized the jobber matches to like truly get over, like get all the way over and stay over? Like last over. wrestler in terms of modern sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have fun thinking about it, because the first person that came to my mind was Wardlow, but. I don't even think it was the jobber stuff that got him over. Oh. I think if anything, that hurt him. Oh, you mean like <laughs> the the guy that's pushed, not the actual? Yeah, jobber. like Ryback, for example. Okay, not not the actual jobber that was able to. No, 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 no. I don't need you to bring up James Ellsworth or something. No, I'm good. Well, I was the answer to that was probably Fuego. Uh, that's that was probably Fuego. Gonna <laughs> that's probably gonna be. Got or Alan him. Angels. Because remember, Alan <laughs> Angels made Ryan Satin shit his pants. <laughs> that's true. Um. Hmm. I got blocked for that. Um, <laughs> cut, a, cut a block for that one. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I blame my life is better. Um, not to be able to see his random thoughts. I'm, it was a favor. I consider it a, I consider it a blessing. Yeah. I can't think of the most yeah. of like the last guy that got. I guess Ryback because he got over in that era. My and other I, person was Strowman. Maybe I was going. I was about to say Strowman. That really like elevated him to like the you know coming out of the draft in 2016 separated him from the rest of the wide pack and 
and that put him onto the trajectory of eventually that Roman Reigns feud, which to this day I thought he should have won that feud. Um, well, well, I mean, you, well, you heard yourself though. Yeah. Roman Reigns losing. <laughs> well, this is 2016. That, that Roman. doesn't, hap- that that doesn't happen, true. sir. That's also true. Yeah, I, I heard JD bet everything on it the other a uh, few weeks ago on his show, and he uh, thought it was a safe bet. But yeah, I, I'd say Strowman. He's watching Raw now. Watching Raw now. He lost. <laughs> Strowman was able to like get to that, use that, yeah, that sort of stuff, and use that push. I guess it was all part of it to get eventually to become the next big monster and yeah. world title challenger. Because I think that I mean, those play to how it doesn't. One, it doesn't work as easily anymore. But also, no. you need the right situation too to make it work. Yeah, because the problem is with the jobber guy now is when you have the jobber guy in there, you know what it's for and it sticks out on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like back in the 80s and 90s, everyone had jobber matches. So, I mean, it was just it was just the presentation of wrestling. Now, when you have those things, it's very clearly by design and it almost always works in a short term. Mm -hmm. No one's ever been able to make themselves a star with these things. When you said that, my mind went to Vader. Because when Vader was doing these mm. things in WCW in the early '90s, before yeah. he had his world title run, and again he was a he was a Japan guy, yeah. So he was yep. in and out. So he would come in, they would bring in, he would just absolutely murder these poor men, I and like Vader. it helped me too. It helped make him like this, yeah, almost like dangerous thing because like he would only show up on occasion, and when he was there, people were getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So you had a good year and a half to two years to really like build a mystique around Vader before he really is in a program and his first like real program is with sting for the title yeah right and because you have years of him just laying people to waste it really helped establish him as an absolute monster like i remember they would do the vader public workout where he would have three guys in there and he would beat the snots out of all three of them at once Mm -hmm. by actually beating the snots out of all three of them at once it was great stuff but i mean again that was part of the presentation of wrestling now when you do it you you know, like with Wardlow, it worked for a little bit, but where do you go with that? Eventually, you can't just be that guy that kills everybody. Right. Right. You have to be able to tell a story. And I think that's, and I people are like, oh, Wardlow, start, stop, start, stop. I'm like, well, that's because he's limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? They tried it with Hobbs, too. They tried it with Hobbs, too. And Hobbs needs to, last night is a change. We need to see what the follow up with Hobbs yeah. is. I'm very curious to see what happens here. I think he's got a lot of talent. I just don't think they really know what to do with him all the time. I agree. I would also I, I would also add that like you also have the difference of like the jobber term becoming more well known in modern modern days, oh, yeah. and then not only well known but then sort of used kind of also similar to like Mark and Smark mm-hmm. used in a such a negative connotation that yeah. like you know you don't want to be the jobber you don't you know oh it's a jobber oh you know you know you throw your hands up and you're like oh whatever who gives a crap about this you know it's right. not I don't want to say respected as much as it once was, but it's not, it, it's now like seen as like in a weird way, like a bad thing. And like, you know, yeah. and then you get like a jobber match on TV. And you're like, all right, time to go to the bathroom. And you know, I can move on with my life or whatever. Yeah. It, it's a shame. Cause it wasn't art, but obviously with how wrestling's changed, you can't, you can't use it as well. But yeah. I wanted to just bring that question. Up Cause it was like, I was thinking in my head, who did it actually work for? Because, you know, they still use it. Right, mm-hmm. they still use it from time to time, but it's not something that you can use all the time. Oh um, yeah, but I guess we can wrap up the show. I will have two questions for JD, then we'll leave. Perfect. Okay. Well, JD, it's been fantastic having you on the show. 
been great. Thanks for having me. I, I love really I, I, I love talking with you. I love talking WCW stuff with you. That was fantastic. Um, uh, where let's just do start off with you. Where can people find you? Easiest place to find me is uh, Twitter, basically JD at JD underscore Oliva. I'm at Threads, which <laughs> I wanted to be JD underscore Oliva, but I can't do that there. It's has to be my Instagram account, so it's J dot D dot Oliva at Threads. Uh, best places I have two Substacks going right now: one for my wrestling writing, one for my fiction writing. I've got a, my one Substack is um, um chap every Monday and Wednesday it's a chapter from my book Harvest Moon, and then my uh, wrestling Substack is just me writing articles about. You know, sometimes the reprints, sometimes they're uh, they're newer things. Just talking about older wrestling stuff. You know, that's kind of that's what I'm into. Did did you uh, formally release Harvest Moon as a book? I feel like I yeah. saw a cover of that recently. Yes. Yeah, it's actually one right behind me. That's the the painting's actually hanging up right behind me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I released it in 2019, and this is just uh, something me trying something. You know, um, I'm yeah. teaching now. I'm starting grad school in the fall, so I don't have as much time as I would like to to write another novel. Mm-hmm. So sure. this is just something, just something for me to do while uh, while I'm getting those, those the the old education done. So it's just a way. I mean, it's my it's my best selling book. It's the one that has the most reviews. So I figured, hey, let's let's just try something different. And of course, we want to plug Mike and JD show on yep. on Fight Game Media. And of course, every, every I, Friday morning. And of course. At least a year from now, a book about the 1950s Chicago yep. uh, territory scene. Yep, as soon as yeah. I can. Hopefully, hopefully, all the interview subjects can stay alive for the next few years before <laughs> I get a chance to talk to them. When yeah. you come yeah. out with it, we'll have you back on for sure. I would love to because I mean, this is going to hopefully be, uh, before that too. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you guys see how this goes. I mean, like, um, I'm really interested in the subject matter. My first Substack was actually a story about Don Eagle, who was a world champion, but not the NWA world champion who got hosed on Chicago TV. He got, you know, screwed over in a match with Gorgeous George. So that was a mm. fun thing to talk about. And it wasn't like the title didn't change hands, but it was like literally done to hurt his drawing power. Mm-hmm. And it was like colder, you know, basically showing who had the power. It's fast. These these stories are just interesting stories about power dynamics, right? I just, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really like talking yeah. about wrestling. So- my two questions just before we go, because I know, because I know you're, these are you're Scotty's big... famous two questions for every guest. Yes. He always has two that, they're always different, but you're, you're a Japanese pro wrestling fan like us yeah. and it's tournament season almost. Yeah. So I just want to know who do you think is going to win the G one and who do you think is going to win the end one? I'm not a predictions guy, right? I know. And like, I'm I know not, you are, <laughs> I know, but this is where I, I struggle. Because the N one, I think it's going to be Cano because I think they're doing yeah, something with him. I, do too. I think I think that because he split off from Congo, and uh, I got a guy, guy. I know a guy in the office. Um, I don't. He doesn't give me any information. I just that's my hunch. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm willing to bet on Cano, but I'm a terrible better. Never take my never never listen to me. Clearly, I have to watch Raw every week. The G one, I think, is interesting this year because I don't. Yeah. My head says Okada because I mean I think that's kind of where we can go with things but i mean i don't have a i don't have a strong vibe one way or the sure. other i think the g1's really open this year what do you think man well you know this was it was supposed to lead into the preview that we're going to do this coming week with chris Sampsa, but but for now i'm thinking naito or okada naito because of the sonata connection right we could because sure. you got to work into the sonata part okada's just Okada, he would be the first person since Anoki to win three straight, and that wouldn't shock me if that's kind of what they're going for since he's in his Anoki era. New Japan um, booking too, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it, it for me, it's either of those two. You can't really lose with either one. There's one on one side, of course. You have Okada in the main event of the Tokyo Dome again against Sonata, getting that redemption, kind of living up to the old, you know, he's the guy beating up the young guys, but maybe he wants to be champion again. And then with Naito, it's Sonata Naito. that It writes itself in a lot of ways. They haven't done that match yet, and it, I'm going to guess they don't link up at all in the weird G1 that they have, you know, with the quarterfinals and semifinals. I don't want to do the math to my head. That's why I'm Chris Samps on the show. He can do that math. I'm not going <laughs> to. Chris is good at math. He's, yeah. he's excellent at those yeah. things. And, and we don't do predictions when we talk to Chris because Chris doesn't do predictions. So this, I guess, is my good time to say I'll go with, uh, I guess, Naito for now because think- Naito's your biggest draw still. Do you think they keep the belt on Sonata all the way up to Wrestle Kingdom? I mean, if I had the choice, I wouldn't. But <laughs> I'm in but the same boat. I'm in the same he, boat. He's very over. You know, you know, JD, you know this. Mm-hmm. You talk to Jeremy, of course, Jeremy Finestone. Yeah. He'll tell you he's really good at, you know, feeling the grasp of the Japanese audience. And he's really over over there. But he's not here. And it almost feels like you're gonna be in a spot where you know you remember when they did uh Tanahashi and Nakamura, was it Okada and Naito? And they switched the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like that could, uh, they won't switch it again because they didn't even switch it for Kenny and Osprey. But it feels like if Sonata's still champion, that could happen again. But, can, but like, Kenny, and, Kenny and Osprey was also against Okada and Jay White. So I, I, can, I can see an argument. That which is cold, though. Cold, but I can see argument. But that, it's you know, Okada. It's Okada. It's Jay White at that point. But it was time. Okada last time. Mm, that's true. That is true different Okada. I push back on Sonata being really over because the numbers have not recovered from where they were pre-pandemic. Sure. Yeah. So the that's, fans that's that are still going are really into Sonata. But they haven't won back all the people that left when the pandemic happened. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, yeah, he's over to them, but them. where are all the people that were there before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of my yeah, I, I get I get what what they what people say that mean, but Internationally, Business. he's not at all. Internationally, he's not. He didn't make it. He didn't make a difference over here whatsoever. But again, they're servicing their market as Japan. Yeah. But like I said, where were those fans that that were buying shows? That were buying tickets three or three four years ago. Where are they at yeah. now? Like, because right. they're not coming out to watch Sonata. But in reality, they're not coming out to watch anybody at the moment. So, yeah. not all on him. The company's got to get hot again too. Which maybe maybe it starts changing. We're we're definitely in the midst of it. Yeah. Though, I think you're right with the you know the way the attendance is going maybe naito's your answer then you know i don't know i mean like you got reliable we're definitely in a youth movement right yeah. new yes. japan definitely in a youth movement they're definitely moving in that direction so you have yeah. to you have to kind of stick with people but is sonata a youth movement guy no he feels like a transition guy. i i i love the three musketeers so, I, was, I was about the, to say the, sorry the new three musketeers i love all of them but I, the new ones i think they have potential I was about to say that, like, you know, we're talking Okada and Naito, you know, announcing the re- the Rewa Three Musketeers right before the G1. I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily think they're going to win, but I, I think they're in be, the worst it, it, possible it, block to win. It, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I think it immediately puts yeah. their their name into contention of like, eh, it's possible. It's certainly po- yeah. if you're really if, if, you're if no- Okada was champion, I'd be picking Kaito Kiyomiya, not looking back. But Okada is not champion. So hey, look, if 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 you need to, Matt, rev- man, if, I know. 
if you need to revolutionize new that's Japan, your biggest match though everyone loves is. that yeah well because it was awesome yeah like dickhead okada is the best version of okada it is and it that's is. what we really got kiyomiya just brought out this nasty mean streak in him and i personally can't wait to see it again i love kiyomiya he's but great the, i saw someone tweet I no no no. I was gonna end the show. I'm so sorry, JD. I know you have a life to get back to, but I I need I need to complain. I saw someone tweet, and it's just someone stupid. So like, I don't I shouldn't care. But someone said Kaito Kiyomiya is Japan's Austin Theory, and I wanted to lose my mind. No, I was like, I know you're just doing that to rile some people up. I know, but have you ever watched Austin Theory wrestle? And have you ever watched Kaito Kiyomiya wrestle? Because it's not the same thing. No. It- that's theory sucks by the way uh, i don't even i mean first of all kim they've been noah's been behind kiyomiya for years forever yeah for years like he's their guy yeah right mm-hmm. and he's actually good and he was actually if anything if anything they pushed him too soon mm-hmm. right they pushed him hard too soon if anyone you if you want to compare him to anybody there you compare him to like 2004 randy Orton. Mm-hmm. as far yeah, as getting stuff too as far as getting stuff too quickly and really not getting comfortable in himself till at till well after his first title reign yeah. right but kiyomi is really good so i mean so like good. i don't know how you can say like oh he's just austin theory and and like another part of me is like well so he's a guy who's going to get taken care of for years and pushed you know <laughs> and is a top guy forever oh okay yeah. well, what a horrible comparison but i mean in reality like that's that's one not how japanese wrestling works too highly uneducated to say something yeah. like that. That's, that's a that's a dumb person trying to sound smart. Yep. S- Scotty, did you ever ask your second question? It was just the N one and J one. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. I they I just I just made them one to make life Keno. easier. Keno, get on yeah. get on Keno for the end. I know you're a big Noah guy, and I like I like Noah a lot. I don't know a big Jake Lee guy, but that's neither here nor there. I, um, I I've learned to like Jake Lee because like. He was he was a uh, he was in the the triple crown picture for so long. Yeah, and like I liked watching his matches with Miyahara, but I think Miyahara yeah, I like watching Kento him. all the time. Kento's yeah. great, and he like got something because Jake Lee is so like some would say stoic, others would say non charismatic. <laughs> like Jake Lee would get st- or like uh, Ke- uh, uh, Miyahara would get something out of Jake Lee. Yeah, right. I'm not a I'm not a huge Jake Lee fan. But I get why they're doing it. They had to make the signing right. mean something. Yeah. So now you make Jake Lee mean something in Noah. Yeah. Um, Keno's the guy. Yeah. I, I love the choice. I love the choice. Also, that reminds me, next next weekend is Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Kento Miyahara. So we must celebrate. That's going to be really good. <laughs> I cannot wait for that match. I cannot wait for that match. That's There's going to be so much kicking. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, but th- thank you so much for coming on, Thanks, JD. guys. This was a blast. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Scotty, anything to plug uh, on your end? Yeah, follow me at Scotty Wrestling. That's the best That's the best place to follow me. I think it's the same on everything. I don't even know what it is on Threads. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, threads I literally signed up for in like two seconds. It was like, oh, I don't like the look of this at all. Why am I seeing these tweets? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not tweets. That's the problem. Um, maybe they're threads. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> why, they're, why am I seeing threads. these tweets? Scotty, you're not on Threads. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're on know. Twitter again. Um, the the next two weeks are pretty big for me. Obviously, you know, Stardom has their big tournament coming up, so I'll be doing a live show for that uh, next week on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel, probably on the twentieth. If you want to learn about Stardom's big GP uh, 
you know, G1 style tournament, five-star Grand Prix. I'll be over there. I have a G1 preview coming out written um, for Wrestle Purist this week. I will have a five-star Grand Prix preview on Voices of Wrestling within the next two weeks written out as well. So yeah, that that's about it. And I think I, I just, I have interviews too, but <laughs> I don't know when those are coming out. So I'm not even going to act like I know, but yeah, that's it. I will say that you guys had a, a nice little history of the five-star Grand Prix on Stardom Road a couple weeks ago as well. Oh, uh, yes. Plug my stuff for me because uh-huh. I don't remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, is there, I'm the worst person at plugging things. Well, the ever. problem is, is you have a billion things happening, so it's hard to plug everything all at once. Uh, yeah, you have, you're, sure. Scotty, Scotty you, people tell me that. I don't have that many things. It, I think it just feels like you have a billion things. Yeah. It does. It does feel like that. It does feel <laughs> like that. You're quite polite prolific sir yeah thank you then not all of it i like to think all of it's good it's not but i try and that's what matters right i try uh which can be bad but uh oh and you need my match of the week shit well we don't um, have to do match of the week this week if you don't want to oh uh, well it was gonna be moxley desperado so fair enough there you go um yeah no uh and, and, hey if you want to listen to the only two good things that scotty does that's stardom road and ring post radio uh on the canon network uh mean rude well hold on rude. i'm also i'm also complimenting you because you also do no you said it's the only two good things i do i do of too course. many things for those to be the only good things i do of course but we also got a bunch of other great shows like okada shorts i believe they're doing their uh uh da- i guess not daily but practically daily g1 updates as well this year g1 climax updates along with your dose of death um i sort of said it throughout the show but subscribe to patreon.com forward slash cannot pod uh we got a lot of fun stuff there we'll have another episode uh well, last week we had the episode of ryan hasn't seen anything where it was from the Anoki genome federation that's right yeah baby get into it um yeah we watched that it gets worse jd we watched kazuyuka fujita uh defend the igf title versus bobby lashley that's what we uh, 2011 it was, I think it was so bad. So I've never <laughs> seen that match. You can watch Keep it, it that on, You can watch it on patreon.com forward slash kind of <laughs> It was so bad. Well, yeah, you can wow. hear our thoughts. And uh, we also watched Vader us. beat the snot out of Anoki in two seconds. That was sick. But that was that's later. Well, I, that I have seen. That's later <laughs> in the season. Scotty, that's later in the season. That's tease. Oh, sorry. Ah, damn it. <laughs> it's great, though. We were talking about Vader. I had to bring it up. That's fair. I love Vader. He's my I think he's my favorite wrestler. Um, Ever. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nightsy. Follow me, I think, on Threads at Ryan Nancy Six. I think that's what it is. I don't remember. Nancy? Yeah. No, wait. I'm not on Threads. I only count out. The count out is on Threads. There you go. <laughs> yeah. My Instagram is Nancy for some reason. I don't remember why. Um. Anyways, something follow- when you were a kid. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nightsy. Follow the whole show at Countout Pod. Uh, JD, again, we very much appreciate you having on the show. Uh, this is our third thank you. Uh, we will see everyone th- actually this upcoming week with our G1 Climax preview of Chris Samsa and again the following Sunday for Ring Post Radio Live. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Canat Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying, kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for... The Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This has been a Countout Podcast.